Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of FPL Black Box. It's an exciting episode because at least one of us has hit the wildcard button. Uh, I think there's no surprise who it is because I've done a video already on it. Sorry, cheating on you with Andy, uh, Mark. Um, I'm knackered tonight, so apologies. I'm not probably at my strongest, but Mark will carry us through like he normally does. How you doing, Mark? I will try. I'm, I'm good. I, I've had a hard week myself. I've taken the week off work um, because um, my partner works <laughs> and I've got to look after the kids. And I thought you say for the wild card. Yeah, well, it more or less has been. That's what I'm saying. But it's been awful, actually, because I've spent so much time, because I've had so much time available to stare at my teams and change them. I've got screenshots all over my desktop of teams. And I did a new team about 30 minutes before coming on the show after I saw Lacazette was starting and Aubameyang wasn't. So I've, it's just been a torturous week so far in terms of tinkering with teams. And I'm still not sure what I'm going to do. I think this process, this doing this show, will hopefully help resolve that uh, conflict that's going on. I'm kind of 60-40 in, in favour of playing it now, but we'll see. Um, I've got some views on your wildcard. I'm going to be quite forthright, I think, more so than Andy I've was. I've made one huge change since the Have one you? I did yesterday. Like mm, massive, right. like, you know, season-defining, I think. I don't think you have because I've seen it and I saw the video last night. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I'm going to have some words about your wildcard um, and about your approach to it. So we're going to look at that. Anyway, we're going to look at every position uh, in tonight's show. Um, and then I couldn't decide whether to look at your wildcard at the start of the show or at the end because I know everyone's going to want to see it, but some people would have seen it already. But I think we'll leave it to the end and then we'll have a bit of a, a discussion about that. We'll do the captains of course predictions, all the usual I mean, stuff. Andy gave me no grief whatsoever on the on the show and I'm a bit worried based on this build up as to what you're gonna say about it. I think it's I don't really see how you can slate it. I think it's good. I'm not gonna slate it. I'm just let me just say at this point, I'm a little disappointed in you. I see. Okay. 
let's just let's just leave it at that for now. There'll be more throughout the show. I don't think it'll be one sustained attack. It'll be several attacks as we go throughout the show, probably. Um, just to give you a warning. <laughs> Great. Keep <me> my toes. <laughs> attacks probably isn't the right word, but compared to Andy, it will be. <laughs> Andy was like, oh, how very gracious of you. To- I know. Oh, it was sycophantic almost. I know. Mm. It's we, quite nice. You're not going to get that here. Uh, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, should we look back on our uh, game weeks first? Because there was, there was, of course, a game week. So talk us through your game week. 29 was it game week 30 rather sorry i'm losing track how did you do as yeah well you know you have an amazing week where you think your season is gonna you know be lifted and it's gonna you know onward to the top 100k and then you have a crappy week uh like i had with only one player re- returning oh no well i got an assist an assist from rafina and two goals from my captain and then blanks um across the board so martin is in goal uh, with four, which, you know, as soon as they conceded, I thought, well, that's Martinez two points. But once again, it racks up the saves. Uh, Dallas, Dean, Target, 2-1-2. Two, two. Trossard, Fernandez, Son, Rafina, 2-5-1-6. Oh, okay, Fernandez got an assist as well. I've got a couple of minor returns. Uh, Bamford, Kane, captain. You know, luckily I was swayed by his EO because I was uh, really worried about, really worried about him. So that's why I went for, went for him. <laughs> And Antonio, which Antonio really hurt because he was he was great until he went off. Um, and Lingard got all the points and Antonio got nothing. But just a rubbish week. I went down about 20,000 places or something. So not great. Yeah, I'm a small red arrow. I got a small red arrow as well. Look at my team in a minute. But let's just talk a bit about the, the Kane captaincy. You, you, you were kind of adamant you were going to stick with him. I mean, were, were you tempted at all? Did it ever leave Kane's arm? Or was it always like, no, no. No, I mean the the reason wasn't anything. To, obviously, wasn't anything to do with ownership. I would have been a bit of a hypocrite if I if I'd done it because of that. The 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 motivation was Newcastle. Like it's, I, I I'm I'm going to target Newcastle between now and the end of the season. I forgot that Spurs are really bad <laughs> and couldn't even beat Newcastle. But I'm looking at Newcastle for the rest of the season. I I I think they they've they're really really gonna if they stay up. It's only because Fulham have done equally as bad because they're not picking up points either. The thing is, it won't be anything to do with Newcastle suddenly we're actually winning games. You don't think? I mean, I, I I was a bit surprised how Bruce approached that game because you know I I remember watching Newcastle go to Sheffield United and play like six centre backs and mm. ridiculously negative. And I, so I thought that he was going to try and play cagey, contain Spurs, and then try and attack in the last twenty minutes. But he played Gale up front with Joe Linton, and it was a very open attacking game mm. and actually Newcastle were the better side but it was awful for me watching because obviously I, I expect I, I think I tipped a, I tipped a, a one-all draw I think um, so I got the result right but I didn't predict that match I mean it was just all it was just end to end and it was like this is chaos this, this is going to end in a massive form when Kane got his second goal I tapped out I had to turn it off couldn't watch it <laughs> yeah I did think of you when he scored those two goals and I thought that must really hurt because it's Kane, because you went a bit different, all these different things. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this this is the thing. Like I was I was never trying to say... I, 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 people have said to me that I was playing mind games with you. I don't think it's mm. mind game to tell you to back yourself. Like when you, you thought it was going to be a cagey game between Newcastle and Spurs and you thought Leeds and Sheffield was going to be a, a goal fest. So mm. why wouldn't you captain the player in the goal fest rather than the... Rather than the cage one, and now of course it's now everyone's like, oh, you should have you should have gone stuck with EO, try to be different. Oh, it's like, oh, 
Got off everyone. <laughs> I mean, this is it though. It, it, it is that. It is exactly that. I I did think that Leeds will get more than the couple of goals against Sheffield United. I was seeing three or four. I think I tipped a, a, a mm. four nil. And I thought Spurs would get a lead. I thought Kane would return, but I thought Rafinha would would get that haul that he's been threatening. You know, he's got one double figure return mm. so far. That was at Newcastle, bizarrely. Um, but he's not done anything, you know, of that stature since. He's he's looked like getting double figure returns, but it hasn't arrived. And I just thought Sheffield United at home, that's got to be the fixture to back him in. So I went with it, even though I knew Kane would get something. I thought that Spurs would, would score. Therefore, it's surely Kane gets a goal and an assist, right? But then the first goal was fortunate, ricocheted, and I was like, oh, that's a bit unlucky. Okay, that's that's leveled it out with Athena. Okay, if he gets the free bonus, it's three points. But when the second goal went in, I was like, oh. And it was actually close to offside that as well. They didn't look at it, but it was like, oh, mm. marge, fine margins. And obviously, Rafina, it was Jackie Elk who turned in the Harrison cross. It would have ran through to Rafina, who hopefully would have scored. So it's just one of those things, though. But you're absolutely right. I felt like I had to back him because that was the hunch I had. It wasn't you talking me into it at all. I didn't feel that. I knew it was a risk. I knew there was a risk there, but I'm kind of, I didn't take a risk the previous week because I knew that game week 30, for me, I had a strong lineup. I had a, a good team that looked like it was going to get a good score. So I thought I could afford to push. Um, but I only got 55 points. And so I got a small red arrow as well. And, it, and really, I look at Still my team. Still beat me. I did, but <laughs> I look at my team here and think that, you know, I, I expected more from Dina and Calvert-Lewin, really. Pope, Alonso, Dallas, and Dina. No defensive returns at all from them. Um, Rafina, the captain, got me the assist, of course. Son, one point. Fernandez, an assist. Kane got me the 13. Bamford, two. Calvert-Lewin, two. Lingard, brilliant on Monday night. Saved my game week, right? So we'll park Jesse for a moment. But Dina and Calvert-Lewin, I mean, uh, home to Crystal Palace. I looked at that and thought, those two, quite decent differentials in the... Differentials? Differentials in the top 10K. I really expected either a clean sheet from Dina or a goal from Calvert-Lewin. I and I was hoping for both, obviously, but I got neither. Um, so frustrating. Calvert-Lewin was, Calvert-Lewin was probably the player I was most worried about, given mm. how many headed goals Palace concede. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and that, the results kind of suit them if they were going to push for the top four. I thought they haven't been great at home, but I thought that is going to be, we both thought easy Everton, but I think everyone, everyone did. Um, they're just so wasteful. Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. Oh my yeah. God, it must be. And being an Everton fan, like you've finally got this chance to really, got this amazing manager in, got a good squad of players. You've got this chance to like break into the top four when there's when it's up for grabs. And you put in a performance like that where just your top players just don't convert the chances. I mean, Ancelotti must be tearing his hair out at that because ridiculous two points dropped. Yeah, and, and it was um, a silly goal to give away as well. D- Dina looked like, I mean, I didn't look. I, I imagine he was in the bonus somewhere as well because he'd set up some chances. So I was like, you know how you watch that and think, I don't want to look at the BPS, but I'm, judging by the film, he's, he's put some crosses in. He set up a sitter for Charleston. I reckon he's in the bonus. And then, of course, the goal went in and that was all academic. And Coleman goes off as well. So like the the opposite number, that always hurts as well. When they, when a defender goes off and it's not yours and then they, then they concede... Yeah, uh, Dean Dina's dead to me. I thought he was going to be such a good option. He's he's got me nothing in like no. eight weeks. <laughs> Everton at home are awful, aren't they? Away from home, they're a, they're a better package. But I don't know if I've got any patience anymore with them. Which is one of the yeah. reasons why the wild card is so tempting because I don't know if I can 
get my hopes up with Dina and Calvert-Lewin again. Because if, if I didn't wildcard this week, I'd be taking them to Brighton away. And yeah, away from home, they are stronger. But I'd need something from them. And I don't know if I can rely on them. Because Brighton are one of these teams that could do anything, as you know. So those two. So it wasn't really Rafina and Kane that I felt let down by. It was, it was those two. Because mm. if those two had just got me a goal or a clean sheet, I'd have had a green arrow. But didn't happen. Alonso's funny though, isn't it? Oh. Like, all the talk of Alonso going into that. Mm. So many people backed him. Captaincies, you think, oh. And I text you, I said, make sure you've got the soundbite of you last week saying this is about the most nailed on clean sheet imaginable. Oh, and you've run out of time. You know, you've got a week off yeah, work. I, um... Couldn't even find the time. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I've got, I've had plenty of time, but not quite enough time to find that. I will. The thing is, there was a soundbite from you saying, um, effectively, you couldn't see it not being a clean sheet for Chelsea as well. Both, both, both of us, I'll nice. find it. Both of us committed to that being the safest clean sheet of the season so far. And it was incredible, Matt. It was the first one of the game week. And when that happened, the 5-2 happened, I was like, oh, what are we in for here with this game week? Um, well, Alonso got the assist, didn't he, quite yeah. early? And hit I the thought, post, oh, this hit is the post be, again. This is going to be, this is it. This is like, mm. this was obvious. All the signs were there and it's just going to be a 15, 16 pointer. Like, <laughs> if you'd offered me the chance right then, if, you know, four point hit, bringing Alonso for any of my defence, I'd have bitten your hand off for it um, but yeah just West Brom just went into crazy mode just some of the goals they scored were just like absolutely outrageous it was like they saved all their quality in the final third for that one game yeah because I think I said on the, on the episode I said they've got no quality in, in the final third whatsoever they can't finish their chances they, they create a few but they were ruthless, weren't they? I just couldn't believe some of the goals they scored. I was like, what are we watching They won't score another goal all season. They've used up mm. all of their juju in that one game. And Pereira, your man Pereira, a player that, by the way, you had in game week one. He's going to crop up again later in the show, by the way. <laughs> but how, you know, 21, was it 21 point return? Incredible, wasn't it? Two goals, two assists. People message me like, um, as, like, have you still got Pereira? It's like, well, no, obviously. Still what a chance! It is. <laughs> if only that would, be, that would be pretty patient, wouldn't it? That would be. Um, yeah, it's, it's not you know like he was, he was a player that I tipped at, at the start. He's you know and you know I, I got that tip from listening to like Planet FPL and Gemma Baggies and and these guys. Not my massive understanding of Championship football, um, but it's nice to see that he's started to to do it at a time when it's probably a little bit too late. But be interesting to see if he does kick on between now and the season. Could be an option. Yeah, there's a Connor is in Connor Richardson is in the uh, in the chat saying as was 29 game weeks too early. That is ahead of the curve, isn't it? I mean, you, you want to be ahead of the curve as an FBL manager, but that is oof, the curve hadn't even started. One of my off. best moments of the season though was that that goal he scored against Everton, mm. like game week two or whatever it was. I just ran around the house like yeah. Everyone was messaging me like, "As you're a genius." I was like, "I know." Yeah, I didn't score again for about <laughs> 20 weeks, but no, taking the genius comment. That was a Calvert Lewin hat trick as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, but yeah, West Brom incredible. I don't know what to expect from them from this point on. Whether that'll be a game that turns their season around, but you're predicting not. You're predicting revert to type now, are you? And struggle to score goals, right? Yeah, <laughs> basically. But what, still but, a team to target. I think. But what of Chelsea? I mean, what do you make of that? Because there's people saying to me, I mean, obviously Chelsea are going to figure heavily in in our wild cards. I expect, um, and a lot of people saying, well, they're going to concede goals now. That's that's. And do, you, do you buy that or do you think that was a complete outlier? I mean, it's, it depends on what you believe. I mean, I, there's no... They had a man sent off. Like, when, mm. when the team goes down to 10 men, like, 
all bets were off, aren't they? Kind of some teams adapt and, and do really well. Other teams kind of just completely crumble. There's, you know, talks of like the, the arguments between Kepper and Rudiger and bad spirits between some of the players. I just think it's just a game that you just have to look at in isolation and just think this, this isn't going to happen again. I mean, it's that stat. I mentioned it before. No big chances conceded in four games prior to West Brom. Like they're, they're not going to suddenly start being a really bad defensive team. They kept a clean sheet immediately in Europe against you know, an away match against Porto, which again is, is an amazing result for them. Um, I expect them to stay solid. So I think people would like to, I think two Chelsea defenders, you're, you're fine. Three, like, yeah, I saw General had three Chelsea defenders. Mm. <laughs> Savage. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate because he went, he, he backed, he backed it before we'd even said it was the safest clean sheet. He'd done that before mm. that. So he obviously felt the same. And uh, I agreed. I looked on paper and I thought, well, there's no way Chelsea aren't going to keep a clean sheet, which is why I went Alonso and it, it didn't come off. So, yeah, along with Dino and Cavallo, and I guess Alonso was a disappointment, but he, he hit the post twice. He did He did his best in what was a complete freak of a game, wasn't it, really? Um, yep. But the good news, talking to general, the good news for you is um, you're out of the relegation places still, even though you got that red arrow in the great and the good league. You're ahead of Joe, Tom Freeman and late riser. Um, so you're still, you know, you're still fighting it out at the bottom, but looking okay, looking okay. So whereas Mid-table I... table finish. Yeah, it go. could be inside. And I've lost top spot to Fabio. Fabio's had a good couple of game weeks. He got a red arrow, the smallest I've ever seen, down 17 places. <laughs> um, but um, he's gone above me by two points. So it's um, I'm fighting it out with uh, with Fabio. And your friend Magnus, who... Um, yep. Yep, he's closing the he gap on messaged. us. No, I haven't yet, yet, no, but if he goes ahead of me, perhaps I should. But he is now, yeah, what was he, 21, 28 points behind. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Th- That's a good 30, season, isn't he, Magnus? 38 behind. He is. He's turning it around. 72 in the game week was an incredible mm. score, given that he also captained Rafina. He's still got 72 points. So, yeah, very, very strong showing by by Nagdus, who's gone above general in the great and the good league. Um, okay, that's... Um, Shall we start looking at some data? I think we're going to go to Ben Krellin's chart first. I wanted to check in with Ben Krellin stuff because um, it'd be uh, we can't dismiss the fact that the season is still very much up in the air in terms of these double game weeks. I'm not going to go into detail with this because there's there's so many variables. I did think I tell you what I'll try and talk people through what could happen, and I went through Ben's threads, and it's like, well, this is it's just. Piccadilly Circus, you can't work it out. There's strands everywhere. So I think I'll keep it simple and say, basically, when the FA Cup finalists are known, um, which will be going into uh, game week 33, then we'll expect some clarity on where the double game week is going to fall. And and Ben says, you know, it'll be either 35 or 37. It's looking likely to be 35. And the fact that the fans will be back in the stadiums for the presumably the last two games or for two games means that there'll be a shake there'll be a change between game week 36 and 37 the upshot of that is it's likely that game week 35 will have about six to eight teams um having two mm. matches so game week 35 is a double game week to look for so when you are considering whether you're wildcard in this week or you're going to save it game week 35 is the is the hotspot of course we've got the double game week 32 and the blanks in 33 to contend with as well. I'll leave it at that because we'll probably come back to Ben Crudding's work in, in future shows. But it is, it is at the moment, until we know who's in the FA Cup final, there are so many 
variables and stuff we could go through that would be here all night. So I'm not going to go into that. Instead, we're going to start looking at some data. I'm not going to spend too much time looking at this stuff either because we're going to drill into the wildcard in a bit. But let's just check in with the uh, the top performing teams. We're looking at defences here first. Um, interesting City are now back on top over Chelsea, thanks to West Brom's mm. display at Stamford Bridge. So those two clearly <laughs> out on top as the top defences in terms of minutes per XG conceded. Brighton still in third, United fourth, Liverpool, and then Leicester. Um, what's interesting for me, what I've picked out in the last four, is Liverpool's defence shows some signs of improvement. They're ranked mm. third behind Chelsea and Brighton. And that's timed with the fact that people are looking at the likes of Trent, Alexander-Arnold and Vakul, and even Nat Phillips as well. So, I mean, how's your confidence in Liverpool's defence at the moment? Shaky. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, it's always nice when you see a team with a sort of a settled backline and... You know, it's no surprise that they've struggled when when they've had Henderson and Fabinho, and and you know at least now they've got their their two centre backs that look pretty pretty nailed on with with Phillips and Kabak. How good they are is a kind of another question. Um, if the Real Madrid game is anything to go by, not that great. Uh, they're slow, aren't they? This is the thing. Like mm. this is the problem that that they had against Real Madrid. Um, they everyone's pressing like mad and they're sort of playing quite high up the pitch and then when they lose the ball they can't get back as quick as like Van Dijk and Gomez because they're really really far so it's like the system hasn't really changed but they've now got in completely different centre-backs so I'm always a bit worried they're going to get done with a ball over the top or I think it's going to be the direct teams that that can cause damage against them and the fixtures are good for Liverpool and that also means they're playing some teams who like to play balls over the top so I'm not I'm not completely sold on them, but I think with Trent, got uh, you've got pretty much a midfielder. Uh, his his stats are as good as the likes of Fernandez and De Bruyne and Rafinha. Uh, he's he's he just looks he looks good again. Um, we did against Arsenal, less less so good against Real Madrid. But I'm mm. trying not to worry. I'm not trying to think not trying not to think too much about the Real Madrid game because the fixtures aren't Real Madrid. The fixtures are like the run Liverpool have is is what's telling me that I need to target them. Um, so I'm looking at Trent as being attacking returns with with some clean sheets, maybe sprinkled in. Um, I think he's I think he's going to get enough to uh, to warrant a, a, his price. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to Ben Davis. They signed they signed Ben Davis from Preston. Yeah, I know, and he's not That's figured at all. Um, and I just wonder whether he's going to be a factor rotating with Phillips and Quebec over the final last few games I don't know I haven't heard anything no about... signs of him no, at all no not at all he's, he's not even making the squad is he a lot I'm of not time. sure not sure but yeah that, that is an anomaly and it does seem like Phillips and Quebec are the are the first choice now clearly and, yeah. and Fabinho is going to be in midfield from now on and when Henderson returns as well, well. he's the key I mean he, he's the whole mm. reason why they're, they're, their stats are up here because he's just you just watch him and he just does such an amazing job for, for that team Like he, he just without him they're a shadow of, of of themselves, so yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised to see him. You know, it's a settled back line, but it's also Fabinho coming in. That's that's, that's massive. Yeah, it has. I think when they got Fabinho and Henderson in midfield, it makes a difference to the, to the defence. And um, I think when they were playing at the back, it was, it was just a weird setup, and they didn't look comfortable. So shoots of recovery for Liverpool, timed for us to look at the wild card. Um, on the opposite end, though, you look at Arsenal and Spurs again. Two defenses which are getting looked at with a wild card. Um, I'm in particular looking at Arsenal's, and maybe a couple of players coming in for me. 
Spurs as well, because, you know, Son and Kane for game week 32, obviously, but people are perhaps considering Reguilón um, as an option, maybe Lloris as well. But they're really struggling, it seems, defensively, those two at the moment. So that is worrying if you're looking to invest in those. You, you got any Arsenal in your defence at the moment? No. No, I, I mean, you know, no clean sheet in 13 games in all competitions. Like absolutely torn apart by Liverpool. A system which very much depends on the front six pressing players, and they don't do it. <laughs> I just, I can't, I just can't see them keeping. They've got, they've got a decent run of games. I just can't see them keeping clean sheets. I mean, Tierney was someone who I was actually a little mm. bit tempted by. Injured now, like you're looking at like Rob Holding at four point two. You can't really go wrong with him because he's so cheap. Mm. But I, 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 there's, there's, you know, when you've got like Rudiger at four point seven or Cody at four point eight or you know, Sue Fowl, 4.6. There's just plenty of, of players that I'd just rather have in my side than an Arsenal defender. I don't trust them at all. Okay, well, that's going to make for an interesting chat later on then. Um, <laughs> a few clues there. Uh, also, Sheffield United right at the bottom, perhaps not surprisingly. But I, I, I was just looking up and said, where's West Brom? Look, West Brom are in, what, seventh place over the last four defensively. So they've conceded, uh, XG conceded every 75.2 minutes based on the last four game weeks which is pretty incredible given you know, they were at Chelsea last time out. So for them, not only have they just scored five goals at Stamford Bridge, their defence is looking like mm. it's becoming more solid as well over the recent weeks. So maybe there is a chance and maybe they could, could actually provide us with a couple of players to consider. I mean, also yeah. though, you, you look at all the teams below them and they're all terrible <laughs> like defensively. Mm. Like, Leeds, Southampton, Fulham, Villa, Wolves, Arsenal, Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs, Palace, Burnley, Sheffield. Like they're all like, I don't know. I don't. There's no. There's no. Apart from Chelsea and and City, there's just I don't trust any of them. It's crazy. Mm. Oh, that's my wildcard defence you've just described there, basically more or less. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see that in a minute. Uh, let's look at attacking figures again. Not surprisingly, um, Man City. Well out on top, Liverpool second, United third over the season this is. Um, over the last four matches, City the top attack. Interesting to see Spurs um, minutes per XG, 48.1 based on the last four matches. So, mm. yeah, it's, it, they're a funny team, Spurs, because they went through that spell where they weren't offering anything in attack at all, playing within themselves. We were wondering whether Marino's tactics were a factor. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking much more a potent force and they've got Son back of course bail out of the team but Kane is the factor um, you know we does it make you want to go three Spurs players for the, the game at 32 and consider Mora or were you happy with just the Son and Kane I'm, I'm not happy with Son to be honest I'm happy with Kane he's doing alright are you not so, Son is very reluctant I'm only I'm only going to probably be having Son because of that that double um, I'd, I'd yeah, these stats are interesting. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that Spurs would be, would be second over the last four games, especially not based on what I've seen. I mean, the Newcastle game was quite open. The Villa game was quite a kind of a, a strange. I can't imagine. I can't remember watching Spurs and thinking, "Wow, this is a really attacking team." They're, you know, creating loads of chances, and it seemed to be kind of, you know, the Villa game particularly was just get over the line and 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 you know, you know get the points, and that's it. Newcastle, I think, is probably inflating this a little bit, um, but yeah, they seem they seem to be a better team with um, with bailout again, which mm. is annoying because annoying for a lot of people who bought him, but also because I I did really want him to be a kind of factor. But it looks like now he's just going to see out his last few weeks and back to Madrid, 
get a big move to China, probably, and that's and that's Bell done. This was his chance, wasn't it, to really show his shame, isn't of, it? Yeah, it is. It kind of feels like a Titan, a Titan falling. But I, I just can't see him getting back into that Spurs side now. He's, mm. I just think he's lost what little faith he'd, he'd gained from Mourinho is now evaporated. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, defensively, I definitely don't trust Spurs. The only player I might consider would be Regulon. I think he makes a big difference to Spurs attacking guys. I mean, he's just so much better than that Ben Davies going forward. It's like, it's, it's just ridiculous. Mm. Uh, so they're a better team when he plays. So I expect him to play yeah. the majority of games. He was, he, he was in a 13 of my wildcard teams today. So yeah, so he's, he's, uh, he's certainly one to consider. Um, yeah, it's interesting because minutes per chance, Spurs 9.5 minutes per chance. That's right near the bottom. But it's just the quality of the chances. Um, a big chance every 36 minutes. An XG minutes per XG forty eight point one. So it's the quality of the chances they've been creating, mm. rather than the, the the number of chances. The other team I've highlighted in this table last four is Liverpool, who are right near the bottom. They're sixth from mm. bottom. Uh, minutes per XG eighty two. So that's you know they're not created a lot of XG in the last four matches. Um, a big chance every forty five minutes. Minutes per chance seven point one. Not brilliant, but again, what's interesting is we're all piling on them with the yeah. wild card. And yet statistics, as we'll see later on as well, when we start looking at Salah, because we're going to look at Salah, aren't really pointing to the fact that we should pile on Liverpool with such confidence. So how, how are you feeling about them? Mixed. <laughs> I mean, you watch the Arsenal game and you think, wow, this is like, this is Liverpool of last year. This is amazing. Trent's bombing up and down the side. They're creating chances. Jota comes on. I mean, Mane is 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 finished this season. I, I, I can't. I don't know what is going on mm. with him. Oh, doesn't it? Um, Firmino is just like again. Firmino is just wasteful and making the wrong pass constantly. And he's a frustrating player, Firmino, because obviously he he fits the system they play. But you just think they had a proper finisher up there. Like they could, if they had like a peak Aguero or something, they'd just be like an unbelievable. Side, but Jota is is the man. Mm. Um, he, you know, now now the I mean the the thing is, it wasn't just the Arsenal game; it was all the it was all the other results around them as well, like Chelsea losing, Everton losing. You know, it's just so it just all sat kind of perfectly for them, didn't it? And then Real Madrid, they're not they're not going through. I can't see them. There's no I can't see any way in which they're gonna they're gonna overturn a three one deficit in in things. They're gonna go all out for the league um, as well. So. It's one of those ones where, like, I look at the, I look at the potential for the remaining for the rest of the season, and I look at Liverpool's fixtures with something to play for, probably at the Champions League, starting to see a more settled side, signs of some of their top players looking better, and I think we've got a target. And okay, hope crossed. Yeah, I mean, I will look at Liverpool and Salah a bit more detail later. It's just, I mean, seven minutes per chance, seven point one isn't bad. It's just not up there with the top three or four over the season. They are. It's just, it's interesting that statistically recently they haven't set the world on fire and yet we're all going, we must have, yeah. and it's mainly due to the fixtures rather than the form and the Arsenal performance, of course. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, what's incredible is we saw the Palace performance, which looked, I mean, that was even stronger. I mean, that was one of the best performances of the season by any team. And yet after that, they just plummeted. So it's just oh, I know. very difficult with Liverpool um, this season. And what, I mean, the Wolves game was, was mm. painful. Like, mm. I had Salah captain in that and like it never felt like Liverpool were going to get a big, a big result 
in that game. And then you watch them play West Ham where they just let Lingard run like, from the halfway line and, and without any pressure on him whatsoever. It's like, look, well, they, they can't even score against that. Shows how bad Arsenal were. They were really, really bad. Mm. Really bad. Yeah, Wolves are another team, as we've spoken about a lot, who just haven't been haven't been a, a, available to us, have they, really? Um, but I've, maybe, lost, I've lost complete faith in them. Well, again, we'll look at the wildcard situation in a minute when we look at midfielders and obviously Neto with the fixtures is still someone I think we should consider. But anyway, let's look at players briefly. Um, this is player data over the season. And, and right at the top, what I want to talk about is Antonio who's highlighted along with Inacho, Sterling, Salah, Lacazette and Yotta. These are all players that are wildcard in the wildcard conversation. Antonio, it seems, though, is in trouble again injury-wise, doesn't it? Which is a, a sad situation. Pesky hamstring. Yeah. I mean, you, you had him in that game. and he looked. For... What's odd is that in that game, the first 20 minutes, he looked the fittest I've seen him for the last three or four weeks. Yeah. And yet he felt it again and had to come off. I mean, it's it's oh, a no. worry, isn't oh, it? It's, oh, it's it's a worry. It's just it's just what you get with him. He's he's like that. You know, it was kind of you know, in some ways it was nice playing the Glenn Murray type, stand in one spot and <laughs> and, and win headers and stuff because at least he's not running and he can't do his mm. do his hamstringing like he did. He was I thought he was so good in that game. I mean, Lingard stole the show, but I thought Antonio was just he was just being that player that I loved to see him be like just muscling players out of the way, like getting on the end of balls, like harassing like defenders. It was, it was amazing to watch. I thought he's definitely going to get something out of this. And then he sees gloves coming off and I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. And then he started to put them back on again. He did. Like, he was oh, teasing maybe. you, wasn't he? It was unbelievable. Yeah, he looked so good for the first five minutes. He had that run and shot and then he was just causing problems. He, he assisted the Lingard solo goal in a way by doing the, the you know, taking the defenders mm. away. He, he just generally looked on it again and I was like hello okay he's got to be a wild card factor but now it seems reports today suggested he could they've be got, out for a number of weeks they've got no striker now like they've sold all their, all their strikers I don't know, really know what's going to happen whether Bowen goes up up front now and Lingard plays off it I don't know you know with Rice out I don't know what it does to like the penalty situation I guess Lingard's on penalties now although maybe Noble's going to be in if, if Rice out. yeah I don't know it, throw, it throws West Ham up a lot. I mean, losing Rice is is one thing. Losing your only fit and available striker is another thing. Um, the fixtures for West Ham are pretty decent, but you've got to worry a bit that they're going to tail off. So, so what do you think about the absence of Antonio and what it means for for Lingard? Because he's a player that I'm currently looking at and going, do I hold him if I play the wild card now, or do I actually try and be different? Given that the tide of ownership has gone his way mm. recently. And, and say this is the time to cut my losses. But I find it very difficult to know how it's going to affect him because like you say, he could be almost like up front with Bowen, right? And, and alternating mm. in a fluid front three, maybe with, with Fornells or Ben Rama and Bowen. Um, yeah, I mean, we're yet to see what Moyes is going to pull out now that um, Antonio is, is out. Bowen will probably start up front, but I imagine it will be quite fluid. Penalties, I think, will go to Noble, who I think will, will get starts. He got the start of Wolves. Um, but it depends if his legs are up to it though I don't know if he can play every game so maybe Lingard will get spot kicked so overall are you more or less optimistic about Lingard now? I'm not too worried about West Ham from like an attacking perspective too much I think they've they've got a lot of creative players and I think when Bowen's come in before he's he's done alright 
I think defensively, though, losing Rice Antonio means they haven't got someone big to hold the ball up up front. Mm. They're going to lose the ball more. There's going to be more pressure. Noble, and I mean, Noble was done last year. You know, he's got a new contract and, you know, bless him, but I just don't think he's got the legs on him now to to really be a, well, definitely to be a top four like, contending team. Um, I mean, Lingard just put in the kind of performance where he just went straight to my wildcard team. Right. Like, he was just like, and I'm annoyed with myself because you've been you've been banging the Lingard drum for weeks, and I've kind of seen it, but not really thought he's in that kind of essential bracket. But I th- I think he is. I I just I would I just wouldn't back against him. The 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 form and confidence he's got, like he he's he's honestly he's unplayable in in when he does things like that. And Wolves made it quite easy for him at times, but other times he was just like skipping. Like past players, it was like it's, it's incredible. I just can't see him suddenly drying up. I think he's just going to keep delivering points and he's mm. cheap. I, I get it, but I am starting to think well, you know, the loss of Rice and Antonio, they're two major, major players, arguably two of their top three or four players, right? So that, that's got to have some impact, surely, on West Ham as a team. But I guess we need time to see. And I don't know whether I want to not take Lingard forward because of that. At this stage, it's, we need to see a couple of games, don't I we? Mean, to see Newcastle, Newcastle coming up in thirty-two. There's no, there's no way I'm going into that without, without Lingard. Mm. I'm back in. I'm back in a double-digit, <laughs> double-digit in that. I mean, you know, around that they've got Leicester, they've got Chelsea at home, they've got Burnley away. These aren't like amazing fixtures, but probably apart from Chelsea, I, I would expect Lingard to do something in, in all, all of their games. And the thing is, Jeff, he, he, so just, he just strikes me as having the confidence at the moment to go, don't worry, Mickey, you take your time, go and recover, yeah. I'll score the goals for us. You know, I yeah. always feel like that's what he'll in the mood he's in, that's what he'll think. He's not going to think, oh, what am I going to do now when my, my wingman's gone? Who's going to hold the ball up for me? I think he'll just go, I'll cope, we'll be all right. Because he just seems to be playing with that arrogance almost of, mm. you know, I... I'm one of the best players in England at the moment and he is, right? I mean, he can't be left out of the Euro squad. If he carries on doing what he's doing now, he's going to go. I don't know who he's going to go over, mm. but he's, gonna, he's going to go. And mm. I think, I can't see any reason why he would just suddenly, like every game I've watched, he's been good. I mean, he, you know, even the England game against San Marino, I mean, for some reason, the San Marino keeper, like, I think he saved six shots against Lingard in that game and they were all like, world-class saves. Like he mm. could have had four or five goals in that game alone. I can't think of a game where he's, he's just not looked, he's not looked brilliant. And I'm really annoyed with myself for not, I think it's because I've had Antonio, mm. I haven't wanted yeah. to kind of double up with it. And, but, but Lingard has, has just been, he's been the boy. I think as well, I think Lingard underlines the fact that you've got to combine data with the eye test because I think the minute he took the field for West Ham in that Villa game, and he was sharing the pitch with Grealish. And, it was almost, and he scored two goals on that night. Mm. And some of the things he did that night, just in the way he held himself, the way he, some of the turns he did in midfield, in, in congested areas, he took chances. And it was always like he's going, well, I know Jack Grealish fancies himself, but I'm going to show him what a player I am. And he, yeah, it was almost like he raised his game specifically because he was first game for West Ham, on the same pitch as Grealish, who to that point was probably a player of the year contender yeah. before the injury. And the confidence he showed, you can't look at a data table or stats and go and see that. You've got to watch it. And when you saw that, I immediately thought, hello, this is obviously the two goals helped, but you've just, just his general performance and the confidence he showed. And it's just carried on. 
I, I, compl- I completely agree. And like, I, I'm still seeing people arguing about Lingard mm. and it not being sustainable and how bad his stats are and all this. And it's like, what more can he do other than like wipe out an entire team with a run from, from midfield? And like, it's not like he, that's the one thing he's done in like eight weeks. He's like constantly mm. doing things like that. And like, this is where I find XG to be just like, it's why XG kind of annoys me quite a lot because it just doesn't, it just doesn't paint the picture of a player whose ability lets them, lets them do that and has, has the confidence to go on and do it. And XG, I think is really useful for like looking at um, teams a lot of the time and the quality of chances they're creating. And, you know, if Kane is getting high XG, it means the chance created for him is, is probably higher, but it, it, kind of underrepresent when a, when a player's got a low xg sometimes underrepresents how good they are and how how good their finishing is because i just don't i just don't think lingard is going to is is going to suddenly i mean look at the volley he scored a few a few like a couple of weeks ago like the way he's just taking shots and and taking his chances and and bursting he's doing everything mm. he's finishing well he's running past players he's setting up chances is he taking corners? Did I see him take a, co- a couple of corners? Maybe? Takes the odd corner, doesn't um, he? Yeah, as well. Takes the odd corner, like just a, just, a, and then for like what six point five million in FPL, just there's no way I'm going without him. Okay, interesting. So no lack of confidence in in Lingard at all. Yeah, I mean it is interesting. I just think that you know XG I think has value. We're looking at XG now on this table, but there are certain players that don't get picked up on that radar, and Son's a player like that who is, you know, at start of the season was in incredible form, wasn't really showing up statistically because he was converting chances that were very low XG. And Lingard's the same, it seems. So, yeah, we've just got to learn what these the players that we can use XG as a guide to form and players we can't. And I don't think Lingard is a player we can take XG as a factor and put too much weight on it. Certainly not at the moment. Let's look at some more players and XG. So this is the last four game weeks and just underlining the few other players that we're considering. Uh, Ian Acho, I mean, this is why he's in so many wildcard teams. Last four game weeks, minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty, right up there. He's the top rated player, 76.3. Ings is showing again, though. I was impressed with Ings at the weekend. He looked, I mean, he, he seemed, yep. he, unlike Kane, he seems to be able to come back from injury, bang, form straight away. Doesn't take any time to build up whatsoever, does he? So he is injury prone, but he doesn't half recover quickly in terms of mm. getting match fitness back. And did you consider him on the wild card at all? Yeah, I mean he's tempting because he's got the the West Brom game straight away. But now we kind of know they're such a good <laughs> defensive side. It might they're better, yeah. Might put off. Yeah, I mean I, I love I love Danny Ings. I think I think he's I think he's a genuinely like brilliant player and. Um, could have been interesting to know what happened. He's in, whether his injuries kind of set him back from really joining a, you know, a, like a top six side, whether he stays at Southampton or kind of what happens. Um, he's not really someone I'm I'm considering because I'm I'm looking at that five midfielders and which we'll see in a bit. And I just I'm really struggling to to know which one to to take out of them. And obviously, if I go for rings, I'm going to have to take out kind of someone else. Uh, so yeah, I think I think he's a nice a nice kind of differential pick, but still don't fully trust Southampton. But yeah. I do like him. I'd prefer I'd prefer him over Lacazette. And they blank in thirty three. That's the pain for him because I think if they didn't have that blank, I would be looking at him because at the moment with Antonio out, it seems Lacazette playing tonight, so he could be rotated at the weekend. As we'll see in a moment, the striker options for wildcard 
is pretty pretty low, really. The name that is in there is Vardy, who's on our chart here. Now, normally Vardy is a player who doesn't show up for XG. He's one of those players like Son and Lingard. But he's beginning to show a bit of form, not in terms of goal scoring, but in terms of assists. He's got 12 assists for the season. That's bizarre that that's crept up. He's only one, I think he's only one behind Kane, isn't he? I think Kane's got 13. So has Vardy changed his game this season? I, I mean, I think he has. I mean, I was I was looking at um, when I wrote the article on Scout. I th- mm. I was looking at Iheanacho versus Vardy, and I was basically looking for any excuse to go for Vardy because mm. I thought haven't ever really rated Iheanacho. Could lose his spot in the team. Not entirely convinced that he's in the kind of strongest eleven. He just happens to be in good form. I looked at his stats compared to Vardy. I mean, th- and this is what I said to Andy: like Vardy is a stats buster. We know that, but to be a stats buster, you need to bust. You need to actually score some goals. You can't be a stats buster if you're not scoring goals. I mean, he's, he's got one goal since what, game week 14? 14, 14, Something yeah. crazy. And like stats-wise, Ian Atchew is beating him across every metric over the last like four, four to six games. Absolutely everything. And it's not just that hat-trick he got in Sheffield United. It's like it's every game. And I just think Ian Atchew is his biggest strength, his ability to poach and his ability to like sniff out chances. What he did well for City, because they had all the class and creative players around. And he ha- I don't think he's really had that at Leicester because they don't create as many chances and that's what kind of struggled. But Vardy operates more pulling. He's, ha- he's happy to pull, pull the strings a bit more this season than we've seen it before, hence all the assists. Madison's back as well. And with Harvey Barnes out, it falls on, it's going to fall on Inacho to be the goal scorer, I think. Again, I can't, make, I can't make a case for going without him on the wildcard. The fixtures are so strong. He's in mm. great form. Mm. He's, he, and he's, Vardy is not worth it over him, in my opinion. Okay, interesting. Again, we're definitely going to talk about that later on then in that case. Um, just briefly, I want to touch on Man City again because there's been two, I think, really fantastic contributions in the um, BL community this week. One from um, Anna Woodbury here who has basically looked at the lineups that have followed every single Champions League game this season. Um, so we've got the chart here. We're not going to go into it, but look up um, Anna Woodbury's thread if you can, if you're looking for help on um, the research. On Man City. In this is like, yeah, it's crazy level. I mean, it is useful. It's a shame, Mark. Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, you know, that's why I picked it up. But you look at it and just go, right, okay, it's exactly what you need to kind of get an idea on if you're going to try and take on Pep and try and read his mind. Something like this is useful. And also, um, Legomani's done something similar where he's looked at the number of minutes um, that Man City players have played in. We've got his work up here. So both these charts, definitely worth looking at. Legomani is a, a veteran of the FBL community and it would be um, more of a newcomer. But look at that stuff for City. I noticed there's no City players in your wildcard. That's one of the reasons why I'm disappointed, but we'll talk about that again later. We're going to catch <laughs> a lot later. But what what was your feeling about Man City then? Are you just not going there at all? You just even though they've got the Leeds game, you just weren't tempted I said, at I said, all. I said, I said this to Andy. I, I could I could sit here and I could make a case for three City. I could make a case for two, one, mm. zero. I think that there isn't a right answer in my opinion. I think you know we all know they've got the biggest upside of of any players in the game. Um, I look at, I think of like Gundogan if he plays, and I'm worried. I'm going to be worried every week if not owning him. Um, De Bruyne hasn't really done anything amazing like this season, not for like a sustained period. I mean, again, against Leicester, best player on the pitch. Like it's you know he's a lot of money, and 
the thing is with City, like rotation when they've won the league is one thing. Rotation when they won the league and they've got the Champions League and they've got an FA Cup semi-final and they've got a Carroll Cup final. Like it's, you are just never going to know who plays. And I think there are, there are enough good options that I would rather have them knowing they're going to play each week than have to risk, you know, 20 minutes, 60 minutes, not playing at all, getting Vidra off my bench. So I'm going without any of them. I can't help but think though, that if you can navigate these the final game weeks and be successful in reading Pep selection, there is an upside to be Ooh, found. It's a dangerous game. It is a dangerous game, but I think there's there's got to be an upside to it. And I'm not saying heavy. I'm not saying go free City players for the rest of the season. But I do. There is no doubt. They'll, if you, when we look at the these next nine, eight, nine games weeks, I think there'll be one or two City players in there in terms of the top scores. We don't know who that will be, but there will be. And if you can hit that's them, the problem. Yeah, I know. Of course, that's it the is. Problem, yeah, but we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, you, know, you can't. You, you can't even look at Salah and go, he's definitely going to be one of the top scorers. You can't be certain of anything, right? But I do think City aren't going to disappear as a force, even though there's going to be rotation. Defensively and in attacking terms, their players will still be factors. They'll still score points. It's just not many managers who own them. And that in itself is an interesting thing. Yeah, I think like Diaz versus Trent is a kind of like, Diaz is, 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 Diaz is still a really good pick because I think, you know, we've, we've seen that he, he plays the majority of games. And I think like going for Trent does scream a bit. Look at me, I'm being different. I need to get someone in who, you know, like that. Whereas Diaz is probably just going to tick along quite nicely. But like looking at De Bruyne versus Salah with the fixtures Liverpool have got look and the, and the fixtures that City have got to like come in different competitions or looking at like Gundogan versus Jota and then who else is there really like attacking wise like you could you could go for someone like Mares um, or Aguero, Aguero was something that I was I was mm. really considering because mm. when I wanted to when I was thinking about Vardy I was thinking start with Aguero for Leeds because I think he might probably play in that one and then switch him to Vardy kind of the week after. And I quite like that plan. But yeah, now I'm going with Iheanacho. It's kind of, well, now I'm going with Iheanacho and Salah. Ruin that. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I would just rather have Jota and... I could, you could, I could make a good case now for going De Bruyne and Gundogan over Jota and Salah. If I wanted to. Okay. But I'm not going to because right. I'd rather have Salah and Jota, I think. Okay. Right. Uh, let's let's pick up the pace. Let's start looking at some wildcard players. We're going to look at your team later, but I've just looked at each of the players that have been in the conversation in each position um, just to bring up um, their fixtures, but also some of the key stats. So we're looking at keepers first. This is what's stressing me out the most. The goalkeeper position, because you've got Martinez, yep. haven't you? Right, you've kept him. Now he's top here in terms of minutes per point, in terms of the keepers that are being discussed. And this is... We've got Martinez, Mendy, Pope, Edison, Melier, Maurice, Fabianski, Michael Sanchez, Ariola, Leno, Forster, Patricio, and Johnston. Now, some of those names aren't even being discussed, but I think they should be. Mm. Martinez, in terms of minutes per point, 16.8 is the top-rated keeper, and that's who you're sticking with. Why is it stressing you out? Is it just the fixtures? Well, I'm sticking with him for now. It's, yeah, it's the fixtures. They've got, their, their run of fixtures is absolutely awful. Like It's, it's like yeah. the worst like in the league. and it's at a time when they haven't been keeping clean sheets um, as well. Like they, 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 they've gone from that team who you're kind of surprised when they're conceding to now you expect it. 
and that's never nice when when you've got a goalkeeper and yeah that's why pope has to me always been like probably the best goalkeeper we've ever had in, in the entire game because a lot of the time burnley don't ever look like they're going to concede a goal especially in some of their like easy home games because i just don't have that that feeling with with martinez anymore but then i look at the options i look at like mendy and i think it's six points or two there's no there's mm. no massive upside with him martinez could get a 11 12 pointer but you're never going to get that with Mendy I don't think no. he got 10 against United but the rest of the time he makes so few saves I think he's I think he's like he's one of the bottom goal, like playing goalkeepers for saves made all season well he's got it here Min- minutes per save 48.9 there you go that is yep. easily <laughs> the worst in our table here yeah. so amongst the keepers being considered um, actually Edison's worst 52.9 so those two miles out in terms of saves, they don't get to make saves because their defences keep them protected. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Ed, um, Edison is, is tempting. He, he's the one that, you know, I'd want if I had the cash to do it. But he's restrict like 6.1 is restrictive. And, and like you mentioned last week, you would have to probably get in another keeper, cover that 33 mm. games. You're looking at over, well over 10.5 million for a, for a goalkeeper pairing, uh, which is a lot. I mean, I have... I've written, I've I've written, ruled out Leno. I just I don't I just don't know what he, he his saves are, are rubbish. Arsenal don't keep clean sheets. They've lost like Louise. Um, they've lost Tierney now. The front six don't press. No way. He's 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 not on my on my reckoning. The only other one I'm thinking of is between it's between Martinez, Mendy, and and uh, Fabianski. Mm. They're, they're okay. the three. Interesting. They're the three looking at. If West Ham still had Rice. I think I'd make the switch to Fabianski. The the fact that they don't have Rice now is is a concern. And everyone seems to be going one keeper plus Forster. Right, that's what I've seen. Yeah, because Forster has the double game week. We know he's going to have one, right? Because they've got a fixture to make up. He blanks in thirty three, which is very annoying. Because I I was looking at looking at Lloris and Forster, and you can't do it because mm. you have no keeper for thirty three. <laughs> Otherwise, that would probably be my pairing of choice. Um. But you have technically got the, the the second game in in the in the double, so if you just kind of looked at it like true. that second game is replacing the other game, you know, if yeah. you're only worried about rank, then it doesn't matter, does it really? No, no, but it feels wrong to go into a it game without wrong, a keeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's I mean, M- Mendy and Forster is it seems the overwhelming favourite pairing, and no one seems to be from what I've seen in the community, no one's favouring rotation. I was looking at Leno and Luis, which mm. works really well. But it's expensive, isn't it? Because you're putting in over ten and a half million in your in your keepers, then, um, which is too much. So you're you're definitely looking at one plus four store as well, then, are you? I mean, Luis Sanchez works because Sanchez covers not well, not mm. just covers him in thirty three, also has a Sheffield United game. Yeah, so that that works nicely. I think like I I've been burnt before, and you were burnt earlier in the season by trying to be too clever with goalkeepers. And I remember taking Pope out a few years ago. Pope had a similar run to what Martinez had. I remember I took him out for Pickford and Pickford had like four blue fixtures, like the, absolutely perfect and did his normal Pickford stuff of conceding in each one. And I think Pope got two double digit hauls in those four, in those four games. I'll never forget because it felt wrong to do it. I think I did it for a hit as well, but it felt bad. I just wanted to tap, try and tap into the fixtures. And it's what like, I look at Martinez, I look at that Fulham game and I think he made six saves. Like he's still racking up those those saves. If he can keep a couple of clean sheets in these really tough games, it's gonna make it's gonna and he's got an extra fixture as well. Mm, I mean, Fulham are like that though. Fulham are a team who don't penetrate. They don't have good quality mm. chances. So that was a good game for. They like Sam. You know, I think 
when a keeper goes to Wolves, they always do well because Wolves always give you save points because they have a lot of shots from range. They don't have a lot clear cut and Fulham are in that bracket as well. So it's, it's always difficult to judge, but I was surprised you kept Martinez. Uh, I, I expect that to change. Uh, the keeper is a really problem position for me as well. In my wild card at the moment, the drafts, I've had so many keepers in and out. I've got Leno in there at the moment. I don't like it. You're absolutely right. But I've got him in there because of those fixtures that we see. They've got Sheffield United, Fulham, Everton, Newcastle, West Brom, Chelsea, Palace, Brighton. Some good games in there. But the trouble is they are playing teams who have got something to play for. You know, Fulham, West Brom, Newcastle, then they're, they're not going to roll over. They're not going to... Mm. So our Arsenal, I can't believe we're thinking David Lewis weakens their defence, but I guess it does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you always could be Rob Holding and Pablo Mario Mintini as well. I just think he mm. he's he's been the shining light for them this season, along along with like Smith Rowe and then Saka and these kind of players. You know, I look at all their look at Willian and just think, oh, you know, Aubameyang, that massive contract he's on now, and like you know, you can tell. You know, if if you if you gave Arteta a blank slate and said players you want to keep, there's probably about four players that he actually kind of want to want to go go forward with um so yeah no i'm i'm just not i'm just not interested in us i mean wolves as well wolves second on the in the fixture loads of people are going for cody mm. um, and says Rupert patricio is, is having a bad season again so you've just got to hope that he can keep clean sheet but he's someone that i'm also thinking of um i just don't see the save points coming with him because he can't seem to save anything at the moment yeah so can you say with some Certainty, your goalkeeper will change before the deadline. I don't know who's going to be. It's 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 probably between. Well, it's 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 between Martinez, Patricio, and Mendy. Right. Mendy mm. seems really dull. Oh God, yeah. Well, that hasn't stopped you with the rest of the team. <laughs> right. So we'll move on to I'm the defence. A different. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, defence. So what I've done here is I've highlighted the um, the top four players in each of the stats that we're looking at. We're looking at minutes per touch in the box, minutes per shot, expected to goal involvement, minutes per chance created, minutes per baseline BPS, and minutes per points. And then I've highlighted the players. And there's a very clear division between the Chelsea defence, uh, followed by Diaz and Shaw, Creswell, and then you've got the also-rans, you know, the people we expect like Kufal, Veltman, Holding Cody, these players that are very much making up the filler, if you like. Most wildcard defences have got two or three of that that top set. They're looking at at least two Chelsea defenders. They're looking at Shaw, perhaps looking at Alexander Arnold. And this data just bears that up. Minutes per points, you can see that those those are well out in front. One Chelsea defender is probably not enough, unless you're going Mendy as well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, to an extent, I think you know there's there's a long there's a long list here. I think any any player on the screen, you could you could kind of argue a case for. Maybe not so much with like Target and at concert because the fixtures are so bad. But I like the look of a lot of players on the screen. Um, you know, going down to the bottom, you've got the likes of um, like Castagna, uh, Cody's there. Holdings a good price, even though I don't fully trust them. Like Soufaus, all there. Say like, there's there's a lot there's a lot of good players on this list, and like any of them kind of fit. A template. I think you could see you could see three entirely different defenses here and be like, "Oh, that's very template." Because you know they're they're divided, aren't they, across different people's against different people's teams? Like we see a lot of them on Twitter because 
um, you know, people have gone slightly different with the defence. And it, it's kind of a way that you can differentiate, but also not because <laughs> loads of people have, have kind of got the same players. Um, yeah, I think I think two Chelsea defenders is is, is the way to go, though. I think just because the stats are so like unbelievably good and their prices are good as well. I mean, even even someone like Christensen, I mean, he's the same price as, as Rudiger. He's someone who I don't see in any teams pretty much, but he, I'd say he's he's got he, he's going to play the majority of games um, mm. too. Uh, Rudiger's still Rudiger. Rudiger, why is Rudiger now like maybe the best option at four point seven? Um, it seems crazy, but James is on there as well. James yeah. is someone. Who, James is someone who I've got. You can't say it's tempting. No, no, I like the Reese James pick, and I've got him in my teams at the moment. And it's it's interesting. Oh, what now? No, yeah, it's, it's it's quite interesting because I made a wild card team before I watched the stream of Andy, and it was almost identical to what you picked. And that that made me go, oh, that's just no good. I can't do that. So that, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's Reese James and Alexander Arnold are in the top four for five of our key indicators here. So they those two players, for me, encapsulate what I want for my defenders. They have got mm. attacking routes for points as well as the potential for clean sheets. So that is why, for me, those two have to be in my wildcard when I play it, whether it be this week or later. I want those two in there for that very reason. So yep. I'm, I'm fully behind the Reese James pick because I also feel that, yeah... Wow. I don't. I don't see his place under real threat. I just don't see an alternative. I don't think he's going to play Aspicoletto there. Um, uh, you know, I just there's not an alternative position, is there? No. This this is why I like him. I mean, you know, Alonso and Chilwell are just going to battle it out all season. I don't even. I don't know who first choice is between them. I think it probably still is Alonso. But then Chilwell started in the in the Champions League, and Alonso was quite poor against West Brom defensively. Speaking, I mean, attacking-wise, we all know what he kind of offers. Um, yeah, I mean, who who is James's competition? Well, it's Hudson I mean, Odoi, he's, he's isn't it? or Hudson Odoi. Mm. Hudson Odoi just doesn't even seem to be in the picture again. Um, so I'm not too worried about. I'm not really too worried about him. Um, yeah, no, I like. I, I think I think Reece James. I think he he's a bit annoying because he can come on at half time or he can come on for 22 minutes or whatever. But we've seen the amount of like crosses and stuff he puts in. Um, I'm hoping that he can kind of make up for it. Yeah, I think he's shrewd. Yeah, pick. no, I think that's fair enough. Um, and I just just a word for Masuaku because I think we talked about him briefly. He's back in that West Ham team, and in terms of minutes per points, he's right up there and what quite a way ahead of holding Cody Veltman in terms of that bracket. So I actually think Masuaku at four three playing the wing yeah, back like is an option. Um, so he's someone who's been in and out. Most I think he's in the one that I'm going to show. He's tonight. really good against Wolves mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. he's like, it's powerful, isn't he? He's like. You know, I think he, he set up the second goal, or at least he won the ball back to, to set up the second goal. Um, yeah, obviously his minutes might be might be managed a bit, but they're not in any competitions they can win. That's because that's the other thing with Chelsea. That's the problem. Similar to City, Champions League looks mm. like they're going to be fine going through that, and then they've got the um, cup as well. So James is definitely first choice, but might see his minutes managed because he's, he's going to play in those in those games. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got you got to have a strong bench if you're going to go forward with players like yeah. these James. Um, that's for sure and that is where you know Veltman Masuaku and Holding come in and Cody they're cheap and they're going to play so yep. I mean I think I think Masuaku at 4-3 is a better option a slightly more exciting option than Dawson Dawson at 4-5 offers the goal threat mm. from set pieces but I just I like Masuaku's contribution to where I'm play 
Midfielders, this this is the one area where it's very, very tricky, right? And this is the one area I have a problem with mainly um, across all my teams. I keep changing this because there are some obvious candidates. Fernandez, Jota, Salah. Then you've got Lingard's form. You've got, you know, Rafina, who's very difficult to lose, even though the fixtures are, are bad. And you, you just want more spots there because I know you like Madison, for example. And there's people like Mount and we've got to get Sun in for 32. It's, it's a real problem area, isn't it? Um, and Lingard and Jota at the moment are way out in front for minutes per points. 10.4 for Lingard, 10.6 for Jota, ahead of Fernandez and 12 minutes per points. And um, Gundogan, 12.3. Um, interesting that Son and Salah are very close. 13.3 for Son, mm. Salah 13.4. How much did you change your midfield? When you're putting your team haven't. together, you haven't haven't gone straight down. Literally, with it. could not have found it easier to build to build a midfield out of this, because I think there's just the perfect balance of of cheapish players like Son. I think you need Son because he's got that that double. Um, Lingard, I watched that game. I was like, well, "There's no way I'm, I'm going without him." Jota, I watched that game. I was like, "There's no way I'm going without him." And then you know, I look at I look at the fixtures of Liverpool, and I want to target Salah because I think he's going to be my captain in almost every game between now and the end of the season. And then it's Whoa, like Fernandez. Do, and do you think that? Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, the, the fixtures are so good; they are so good. I, 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 it's between him and Kane. I think, like looking at looking at all the games at the end of the season, I can't see myself going without going against one of those two. Unless, of course, Salah hit Liverpool play Villa, and he has a load of missed chances, doesn't play very well. They somehow score four goals against Real Madrid, and it's you know there's obviously there's things that can change, but yeah, the, the the one player who I really wanted kind of shake things up was Madison, but I think I can wait on that. He's just mm. coming back from injury. I can move Son out to Madison when the blank comes in. Um, I do like him. I think he's I think he could be a real asset at the end of the season. But the only other one who I was considering but can't don't really his price is a bit annoying. Is at the bottom of the list is Greenwood. Yeah. Because with Martial out, mm. he's now going to maybe be the player. He's playing up front as well when Cavani doesn't play. Um, but seven million is is awkward. It's an awkward price because he's more he's more than he's more than like Lingard and Rafinha and, and players. Less than like Son. I mean, he's someone who I think we could potentially move down to from Son, um, especially because they've got that Burnley match coming up, haven't they? United. Or is that next week? Was that the week after? United have got Burnley, yeah, going week 32, yes, on the ticker there. Yeah. Okay, so that's a double yeah. week, so you're not going to take Son out from him now. Mm. Yeah, but Greenwood, I mean, Greenwood last season, this time last end of last season, Greenwood was um 4.5 million striker and he sort of turned my season around to him and a few other people uh, and he looks he looks quite sharp again. I mean, Neville wants to take him to the Euros. You see mm. that? It's almost like he's a bit biased. <laughs> no, he definitely is. I mean, there's, I think I think Greenwood like many players are trying to get into that squad, I think it's going to be too much of a stretch for him. But I think that uh, he's he's interesting, yeah. But I think the problem I have with the midfield is, you look at the fact that you said you didn't have any trouble with picking your midfield. This is the one area of our teams with the wild card where you can seek out something different. And yet the template here is really strong. Bruno, Salah, Jota, Lingard at the moment. It's really hard to look beyond those four. And then you're either looking at a budget or you're looking at Rafina or you're looking at 
well, Son needs to come into that picture as well at some point, whether you swap a player out, bring him in. So it, it's very difficult to go, well, I'm going to look at Mount, I'm going to look at Saka, I'm going to look at Greenwood. These are all players that are good and could really deliver. But because those heavy hitters, Salah and Bruno in particular, and Son are so locked in and with Yotta, we haven't got the freedom unless, mm. unless we gamble on. It feels like a gamble, doesn't it? Not to go with them. It it does, and I don't I don't necessarily think it's a it's a it's a gamble that's worth it because I think that those five players, forgetting about template, they're template because they're good picks, and like a lot of there's a lot of stuff going for them, and a lot you know you've got to remember the wild card itself is the differential. Like there aren't many non wild card teams that are going to have a sol- a Salah and Jota double up with Lingard there that they've got in, and you know. Ian Acho up front and, you know, a, a sort of defence with two Chelsea players because, you know, this is these these are the teams that people are striving for. They're looking to probably build over like weeks. They can't suddenly just do it all in one. But the wild, like my wild card, I've made like nine changes for my squad. Mm. And like, I'm okay, I'm bringing in like players who a lot of people have got, but not all combined, not all in the same time because that's what the wild card lets you do. I feel like, I feel like even though my squad is quite, well, okay, my squad is very, template as you say it's still ahead of the curve in terms of these are the players that people are, are using transfers and spending points hits to get and I'll just have it yeah it's and ahead of I the can, curve I can make decisions if and when. of the non-wildcard teams but I've seen so many wildcard teams that look have that midfield and that that and and yet the midfield is the area where I think we have more choice we have the most choice and the most potential for differentials in midfield and yet that is probably the area where we're most worried about breaking from the template. And that's, that's not, the shame yeah. of it. Yeah, I, I get it. But like when, when you've got clearly, when you've got players who I think are just like great options, going for different players for the sake of it is, isn't something that I've ever said is definitely the right thing to do. And like you're looking, looking at players like Jota, they, they are differentials. Like Jota hasn't got 30% ownership. Like Lingard is still kind of twelve percent ownership like overall. Okay, it's more in the in the top ten k. I mean, Salah's ownership in the top ten k last week was less than thirty percent. Mm. He's he's not going to hit an EO like above a hundred percent, like in, in the next couple of weeks. I think I think he will, buddy. I mean, I look I look at Salah, and you talk about the captaincy. I certainly see the captaincy for the final three game weeks: West Brom, Burnley, Palace. I think before that, I think Kane. And Bruno cover it. I don't think Newcastle. Newcastle, Newcastle, you've got Bruno at Leeds though as well, and Bruno is stronger away from home. Argue so he's he's it's split. It's, Newcastle at home would be the one game week I think before the last three where I'd consider. But even the last three, you know, Tottenham have got Wolves and Villa. They've got decent fixtures. So, but I want to talk about Salah. I was going to do it later, but I'm going to bring it up now before we go to forwards because I think what makes me nervous about investing so heavily of the wildcard in Salah, Jota and Trent is, and, and for me, Salah is the one player that if you go with him, it basically limits your ability to be looking at anyone different at all. Like I, I think Fergie had Mount in his team, but he didn't have Lingard, right? So that was nice to see Mount was in there. And I'm not saying you have to put these players in, but I think... There is no doubt that I think 80, 90% of wildcard teams will have Salah and probably Jota. Well, I think from what I've, 
that's my perception, right? I know non-wildcard teams won't, so you'll get a march on them. But what's interesting about Salah is in the last, well, let's look first of all at Liverpool's home form. The last six home matches this table shows, Liverpool scored one goal in their last six matches in the Premier League at Anfield. So they're going into that game against Aston Villa having scored one goal in their last <laughs> six at home. And yet we're going in going, we must have Salah, we must have Jota, we must have Trent for the assist. They've scored one goal in six mm-hmm. at home. Now, are we conveniently forgetting that or are we just going, well, the fixtures are going to turn all that round. We can forget that completely. I think it's a very good point. And I think like I, I allowed myself to get very excited after the Arsenal game. Yeah. And I allowed, you know, if, if they, if they, if Jota hadn't come on, and Arsenal would manage to grind out a, you know, maybe lost 1-0 or 0-0 or something like that, would we all be going triple triple Liverpool now? Especially when they've, they've lost to Real Madrid and looked a bit more suspect like they'd seen. At home, like... It's crazy, isn't it? I don't understand absolutely it. Absolutely unbelievable. And I can't sit here every week, well, we do, and say, it's all going to turn around. Like, it's it's going to be one because I'm, I'm not sure it is. I just think Villa at the moment are a bit fragile. And like, I don't know what's going on with Grealish. Like, I think you said a while ago, you thought he might be out to the end of the season. Um, you know, Dean Smith is, you know, living in the fantasy world, you know, maybe. I'm not going to play it. Oh. <laughs> maybe he's living in the fantasy world thinking he's, he's going to come back in the team. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I think it's maybe quite a good game for them, that, that Villa match. I, I, think, um, I think it is. I just find it a bit strange that we're just dismissing the fact that Liverpool have struggled at home so much. Villa aren't a, a gimme mm. either. And yes, their fixtures are brilliant going forward. But if you consider that they haven't impressed in home matches, so we're looking at those fixtures and going, well, you know, I mean, Burnley at home was a great home fixture for them. Fulham at home was a great home fixture for them. They didn't do it. Are they over all that just on the basis of their performance at Arsenal? I don't know. I don't. Can, can I just certain? read you these fixtures? Because I, this well, is... we can have a look at them, right? This is Liverpool at top it's... of the attacking ticker. There they are. So read, read them out. They're there, right? For all to see. I, I, will, I will read them out. Villa at home. Okay, maybe, maybe the home... Maybe let's not go for the... I'll just read out the, the fixtures. Villa, Leeds, Newcastle, Man United. Okay, tough. Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, Palace. Yes, the last three, I think, are very, very strong. I think, I, think, well, I think it's Southampton as well because they've they've, they're safe. They've got nothing to play for. I think it's Newcastle because they're the worst team in the league. Leeds are safe. Villa are, are vulnerable. It's literally only that United game. I think they will get goals in all of these games. But they've only got one in their last six at home. So we, we would have thought that of those last six matches as well. right? So I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that it seems like we've ripped up all the evidence on the basis of 3-0 at Arsenal and the fact that Salah looks a bit more lively. I've heard a lot of that this week. Oh, Salah looks on it. Yeah, he scored at Arsenal and he scored at at Madrid, but he also scored two off the bench in 20 minutes at Palace and then did absolutely nothing for weeks. So I I, I completely agree with you. I I completely agree that you could... I I think Jota is is in. Hmm. I don't think there's any real argument you can make to say don't go with Jota because he looks to be... The brightest well, it's spark. the value as well, but, right? The value, yeah, it is, yeah. And like, this is what I said. I think like you could make a case for De Bruyne over over Salah. I think you could you could go for Vardy if you kind of wanted to, even though his stats aren't aren't amazing. I think there are options for Salah. Trent as well, like Diaz. If you're going for Trent over Diaz, maybe that's not the best thing to do. Like, 
it's but it's the potential for me because the the Salah is to me is is the captaincy, which I think looking at the fixtures he's he I just back it like I just you know he's the, he's a top goal scorer in the league. I know he's gone on, on some bad runs, but like he's still going to want to get that golden boot. He's, they're still pushing for the top four. They've got loads of, of you know they need they need to get top four, otherwise it is a complete like disaster mm. of a season. Um, so I'm backing Salah to finish the, the season strongly. So he he's in my team. Like, there's no, I, I can't, I can, I can see yeah. why people would agree with you and go for someone else. But for me, he's in. But the only you're backing him on the basis of the fixtures and his previous reputation because there's no doubt based yes. on the data we've seen recently, he's not worth twelve point six million or whatever he is now, right? Because the table underneath this one here, I went back to when those six home games started, game week nineteen. So game week nineteen, the table below shows that Salah. Scored 57 points since game week 19 to this date. And there's players above, like Trossard, Harrison. Harrison scored 57 points as well. Rashford scored 58. Lingard, 68. Pereira has scored 77 points since game week 19. So my point is that by going Salah, we're restricting what else we can look at in midfield. Mm. And there's every chance there will be cheaper players who outscore Salah over this final run. And the only evidence to suggest that won't be the case is the ticker, which shows good fixtures. Because the stats but. the stats show that could be the case. But the fixtures suggest that Salah and Liverpool mm. will fly. But anyway, but... Just, well, two things. One, like, the whole form and fixtures debate, fixtures often breed form. And that's mm. always something that, mm. we, that we, we have to look at. Yeah, um, the fixtures haven't been amazing for Liverpool. That's why they're so good now. So they, you know, like Wolves away should be a tough game. I didn't, you know, we, I backed Salah in that game, and it wasn't, and, and Liverpool struggled. But like, it should be. It kind of hasn't been, but it kind of should be. Like, the, the games they've had have been, you know, ha, a lot of the time have have been quite tough. The biggest thing, though, and you said this about about Hayden when when he left for Newcastle. What the stats don't tell you is all the context things around Liverpool. And Liverpool have a stronger team now than they did six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, because Fabinho is back, because Jota is back, which is the, to me, that is the biggest thing. That's not just Jota being a good option. That is the rest of that team is better. Trent's going to get more assists. Salah's going to have another man taking players out of the game, letting him bomb forward. They've got a, a settled like defence, like partnership. So they haven't got to drop Fabinho back or, or, or that. They've There's a lot of, positive things that have happened to him in the last few weeks, which has come at the right time. I, I agree with all that. I, I'm just really playing devil's advocate here because I think we put a lot of stock in data and, we, and past results. And I don't think looking at data and past results, we can say with any certainty that Salah is essential. But everyone seems to think he is. Everyone playing the wild card is going with Salah. And I think by doing that, if you're brave enough to ignore it, and I've set a team up, which I'm going to show you, which has deliberately done that. I w- may well go with Salah, right? I mean, I've had teams of Salah in the last couple of days. Um, but I'm trying to look at, well, what can you do without him? And it, I think it's quite interesting. And when, you've, when you look at this list and go, since game week 19, Rafinha has outscored him by 16 points. Lingard's outscored him by 11 points. Mount's outscored him by 8 points. I'm not at, I mean, Gundogan's absolutely slaughtered him by, you know, 37 points so I'm not absolutely certain that Salah has just flicked a switch and Liverpool have flicked a switch and they are going to steamroll those eight or nine game weeks 
The fixtures come are good, on, like, but this, I'm not this to... list. This list is like the best midfielders like in the league, right? You're not going to back Pereira, Mares, Mount, Rashford, Harrison, Trossard over Salah, given the fixtures Liverpool have got. You cannot tell me no, that there is a case of picking you, one of those players you've on the deliberately list. Picked, been, you've deliberately avoided Gundogan, Verfina and Lingard, who you could say you would keep well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, have, you've but... conveniently forgotten those. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you've got Yotta and Son, if you've got Bruno, and you've got Gundogan, Verfina and Lingard, these but are you're all not players gonna captain, that... You're not going to captain Gundogan between now and the end of the season. You're not going to risk it. You're not You're not going to risk captaining a City player. I, I totally dispute that Salah is going to be a captain more than once or twice between now and the end of the season. I think there that, are, that, no there are alternatives. There are, there the, are clear the, alternatives. Leeds, Newcastle, West Brom, Palace. That's four games. But He's you, getting captained in all four of those well, we'll games. Well, we'll look at the you, matrix. You, you are going to be, no, if you don't have we'll, him, we'll look you at are going to be terrified going into those games with, when watching him play. But he's going to be... He could get... He could get He's going to score. He's going to. Uh, he's going to bang. He's going to bang. Yeah, but you're saying that based on <laughs> what, though? Well, you're basing it on just purely the fixture and what he's done in previous seasons. You can't be basing it on what he's done since game week and, nineteen. And, and the fact they've got Jota and Fabinho back. You're judging yeah. Liverpool on a team who had, haven't had their, their two pretty much best players like playing for a, for a long time. But Mane is really struggling, right? Firmino is he out is. out of the team, right? So. Let's not forget that Mane, Firmino and Salah were meant to be the dream ticket. Two of them are mm. gone and you're saying they're stronger than ever. I don't really think that's the case. Well, jo- jo- you, well, jo- well you, you're replacing Firmino with Jota. So Man- Mane, Mane is, is a kind of a weak link on the left. But I'm not saying that Liverpool are going are to bang in four or five goals every game between now and the end of the season. But you, ha- you have to admit with, with, with the fixtures they've got, like, and given, yeah, given what Salah's done like in the past, given the fact he's the top scoring, like, on the most goals in the league, he's, was it? He was his second to Kane. He's up there anyway. He's one behind him. Um, he's, 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 a, he, there's no, yeah. I'm not, I, I I'm not saying he's a bad pick. I'm, him. I'm just saying that he does hamstring our freedom to do anything creative with the wild card if you go with him. Because I think you've got to go Bruno. I think he's harder because I think he's more consistent. And I also think that Salah has shown flashes of brilliance, like the Palace game, where we've gone, oh, hello, he's back. West Ham, looked brilliant in that game, got a couple of goals, and then just reverted to a disappointing run again. And so I don't think it's absolutely nailed on that we can say we've got to have Salah. I think he's the one player I'm thinking, if you could go without, what could you do? I just think it's worth looking at. That's the question. That's the question is what what can you do with Mm. the money? And I don't think there's, there's... there's enough that you can do because I, I look at that list and I think well I've got Salah and I've got Fernandez and I've got Lingard and I don't particularly want any of the others so what else am I going to do with the money well I mean Rafina has got excellent fixtures for the last five and he's outscored him since 19 so Rafina, I don't think is a player we suddenly go oh we don't want him anymore because I think he is being great Gundogan yeah. as well if Gundogan if we knew Gundogan was going to play seven of the last eight or nine we'd, we'd have but we don't. Yeah, we would, That's the but thing. We don't. No. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But, you know, it, I, I don't think there's any... What I'm just saying is Salah has done this before where he's, he's looked like he's tipping back to what he was and Liverpool and Salah have disappointed us. And I'm just wary that this is the one chance we have to refresh our teams. And if we commit to Jota, Salah... I don't believe Trent, for a second you're going to go without Salah for the run. Well, I, I don't believe it for a second. The point you make, which is absolutely spot on, is 
there's not enough you can do without him. Yeah. Because I think if Antonio was fit, if Lacazette was on the bench tonight, I would have gone without him, I think. I still might, but I definitely would have done if Antonio was fit. Because I think there was more options then. You could do more with the money. But I just think the pool of talent, if you play the wild card this way, and it could change. If I don't play the wild card this week and we move forward a few weeks, maybe the whole picture will change. But at the moment, as we sit mm. here now, I totally agree with you. There's not enough you can do with the money if you go about Salah. It's not a big enough argument. But I'm just saying that I'm, I think it's quite shocking, the data for Liverpool and Salah, when you look at the players ahead of I mean. Pereira, to be 20 points ahead of him since game week 19, is absolutely crazy, isn't it? And, yeah. and yet, we're all going, we've got to have Salah. And that, that's what's weird. I know the fixtures are great, but he hasn't done anything. It's just interesting because I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I'm looking mm. at Salah as like a, a, like a good opportunity. Like There's going to be teams that don't have him and won't be able to get him easily if they're not on a wild card. Because I've, you know, I've had to rejug my funds around to get him and you know, people are going to be targeting Spurs players, for example, with the double, um, and Chelsea defenders and stuff. And I, I think Salah, for at least the next couple of weeks, is going to is going to actually fly under the radar in terms of my rank. I, you know, if I get Salah and he does well over the next few weeks, I'm going to get a huge, huge rank boost. It's not like a little one that I'd get from Captain and Kane. It'd be big. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not going to go him. I'm just saying it, I think it's really interesting situation. This in the. I've seen a lot of FPL managers in the community saying Salah's essential and yet we're conveniently forgetting this data for Liverpool's home matches where Salah has always been stronger at home than away. Don't forget, he's always been Mane away, Salah at home. Liverpool have been so awful at home in terms of goal output. No one's even putting that in the conversation. We're all convinced that, oh no, it's all fine now. And I just... Find Do you it remember really what our first episode of Black Box was called? Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I'm a massive fan. <laughs> I, I, this season is the only season I've not had Salah in my team, I think. Every other season I've had him since he joined Liverpool. I love him as a player, but he has been hugely frustrating this season, I think, because yeah. he's shown in flashes what he's capable of, but he hasn't sustained it. And it's made it far more difficult to back him. And yet at the moment, I'm just seeing this massive swell off the back of the Arsenal game. I just, yeah. And we won't talk about it anymore. We'll quickly look at forwards and then we'll do the fixtures really quickly and we'll Very look at quickly, your wildcard because team. there isn't any. <laughs> no, well, that, that, you're absolutely right. It's, um, it's really, really tricky. I mean, Kane out on top, it's a gimme, right? You know, unlike Salah, I think he is essential. I don't think you, you've got the double game. You've got to have him, right? Iheanacho, I think, quite rightly, given the data, is in a lot of wildcard teams and I think it's difficult to argue against that given that he's 5.8. Um, then after that, you've got the pack like Vardy, Lacazette, Bamford, who has got a terrible run of three fixtures. You know, they they play City, Liverpool, United, so you're not going to look at him maybe for those. Also, it looks like the injury is still troubling Bamford as well. So I'm, mm. I'm wary of that. Antonio and Lacazette were the two that I were looking at that could break in. But Lacazette played tonight. I don't know what the score is. He started, so Aubameyang will one, pop... One. Right, so I think Aubameyang will probably start at Sheffield United and maybe Lacazette will be rested. Uh, and Antonio looks to be out. So did you consider anybody yeah. else? I mean... <laughs> no, Vidra. i got Vidra yeah, in my team. I'm well excited for that. No, there's, there's no one. Ugh, I can't. There's no one. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's even a case. <laughs> you know, I've got Calvert-Lewin at the moment. 
But I look at Calvert Lewin, he goes to Brighton, he's got Spurs and Arsenal and Villa. These aren't great fixtures. No. And Everton are just he's so got the, he's got the extra game, isn't he? But yeah, to come. We know that at some point. But yeah, I think we can move on for that. Let's um quickly go through the fixtures predictions so we can get to your wildcard team to round off. This is where we are in the positions at the moment. I'm under 50%. You've closed the gap though, 31 points behind in pot noodles algorithm. So everything to play for after 115 games. Yeah, it's close, isn't it? Yeah, it is close. It is close. And you definitely closed the gap this week. We had a, a miserable time for um, clean sheets, apparently. We had a terrible <laughs> run for that. So let's not talk about that. This week, we've made it easy for Pot Noodle because we put our scores on the screen next to the fixtures because I think I just want to get through this quite quickly. Um, Fulham and Wolves, that's a game where we're kind of not predicting many goals. I've gone one all, you've gone one nil. Um, to Wolves. I, I do think Fulham will get something out of the game, but you've gone the other way. What else is interesting? There's City, we've both gone a victory for City. I've gone 3-1, you've gone 2-1. You think it'll yeah. be tighter? We both think Leeds will score, so the clean sheet will go, do you? You see that? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean I'm mean, i just hoping it's a game like it was earlier in the season mm. because I think it's 1-1 and it was like just the most unbelievable game of like in football. Like both teams were just absolutely relentless, but I think it's at a different stage of the season now where I think Leeds are maybe taking their foot off the gas a little bit. City are going to be happy to ride it out. I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to be that kind of massively entertaining match. And I think City will settle for, settle for that. But I do think Leeds will score. FPL Pot Noodles put, amazing guys, he's very happy with that we put the scores yeah. in there. And he hasn't, <laughs> got a, for you? he hasn't got to listen to us, has he? Yeah, and I think that, that City Leeds City game in the pouring rain will probably get forgotten as one of the classic matches of the season because of the scoreline. Yeah. It was unbelievable match. I mean, it was like Leeds, whose reputation was growing all the time off the back of the Liverpool game in the kickoff, but it was just the chances City had and Leeds just committed men forward. I've never seen no. a more end-to-end game in my life. Crazy. That. And the players came off and they were shot. Sterling had, I mean, the ball got stuck in the mud. He had chances. De Bruyne hit the I post, I think. Amazing <laughs> goal. I don't know what we're going to get, but... We've both gone City win. Liverpool, you've gone 2-0. I've gone 1-0. I've gone a narrow win. I think they'll score their second goal in seven home games there uh, in that game. <laughs> um, Palace, Chelsea, both gone 2-0. Burnley, Newcastle, very, very, you know, that's, that's made for the Garden Centre. Although I did pick that wrong. Southampton, Burnley, I said Garden Centre. I know. 3-2 classic. game. Yeah. You got the, you got the um, I was annoyed though. You got the uh, prediction right, didn't you? you said, I said Burnley, you said Southampton. Mm. But Burnley, Newcastle, I don't see much there. I mean, I've got Pope, but I've predicted one all. I don't, I think Newcastle will score a goal. I think they'll get one. West Ham, we've both gone Leicester, West Ham, Leicester. Spurs, United, we've both gone United. So we're agreeing on quite a lot. And bearing in mind, we didn't Mm. see each other's predictions. This is why it's interesting doing it like this, because there's no way we can influence each other. No bias. No. We've both gone Arsenal win. I went a heavy 3-0 win. 3-0, wow. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why they're going to score. Well, they can't score three goals. Sheffield United, they've got Saka and Smith Rowe back, and I think that makes a difference to them. Um, and a Birmingham will start. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, everyone's predicting Arsenal are just going to go off the boil because they're going to prioritise Europa League. But I don't know if Arteta's going to allow that. And we'll see. Sheffield United are so poor, though. That's the X factor mm. there. But West Brom, Southampton, I've gone wow, with a 2 1 West, West Brom win. win. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you've gone. You've gone Danny Ings to wreck them at, at the Hawthorns 3 1. And Brighton Everton, predictably, you've gone for a 1 0 win. I've gone for 2 1 Everton there. I just think Everton away from home. 
different prospects, and I, I can see I can see them getting a couple of goals in the break. Um, even though I'm probably going to get rid of Calvert Lewin, they destroyed us earlier in the season. They did. Yeah, it was absolutely. really frustrating. Brighton, Brighton um, United, because you know Brighton were brilliant for for thirty minutes, and then forgot how to play football for the rest, and it was just so inevitable. I, I was talking to um, to Jeff, and we went one 0 up, and he was like, "Oh, like because he's a United fan." He was like, "Oh, we're playing terribly. You must be buzzing." I was like, "Nope, we're going to lose this. <laughs> Definitely, we go." You know, don't you? Isn't, yeah. isn't good. You just know with the with, with Brian, mm. and then you can just see the performance levels just dip so massively. Don't know what. Don't know what's wrong with him. Happens so often. Welbeck's doing all right though. I mean, you know, he's yeah, he's he's getting in there. Now. He's doing all right. Yeah. Welbeck, Lana has is, is, is been good. Trosser had a terrible game. Absolutely, he's mm. so hit and miss. That guy is just he has got no, no end well. product whatsoever. Yeah, no end product. Well, he didn't, have, he didn't even have he any. Has, he has when it's like, mattered for you, basically. Start or middle products either in that game. Mm. Uh, okay, let's move on. That with the predictions, we'll go back to full detail predictions next week when it's less intense as this is likely to be over the final twenty odd minutes. Um, the Matrix, Captain Matrix. So you're talking about Salah as um, your regular captain. I mean, this is what this is for to look at that. I mean, Salah for thirty one, I think will be. The most popular captain because of the we just don't know who's going. I think Gundogan will start for Leeds against Leeds. Uh, De Bruyne, there's a question mark over him. I think the one the one differential captain that is worth going for is Sterling if you can. Um, but Salah's going to be the <laughs> overwhelming popular choice, I think. So I, I definitely will give you this one. I think in future weeks, as this shows, there are options. I mean, 32 is going to be Kane, right? So Salah's got Leeds, but you're not going to go Salah there, yeah. right? Um, 33 is his best bet. It's either Salah at home to Newcastle or Fernandes versus Leeds. And and Leeds, to be fair, have really toughened up in home matches. Right, Their defence has got a lot better. So a few weeks back, that looked a good fixture for Bruno, less so now. Whereas mm. obviously Salah at home to Newcastle looks fantastic um, at the way Newcastle played. But no, it's like I've said, Liverpool in home matches is very difficult to predict to this point. Kane, Sheffield United, I think is 34. I mean, Salah's not even mentioned in that one. Who's Salah got in 34? Oh, United. Right, United. Five, yeah. And then in 35, Salah's at home to Southampton, but Kane is at Leeds and, I don't know. I mean, that's that's tighter. I think mean, you could certainly go Salah at home to Southampton. Um, but I, think thing, I said earlier about Salah and, Salah and Kane kind of rotation. It's, yeah. it's going to be hard to, to, back against, to back against them. Um, you know, yeah. Var- Vardy, if, if Vardy does enter in some kind of like, you know, if, if he does get a goal or two against West Ham, then the run they've got, he could be someone that that, that threatens. But my walk, I'm not going to move for Vardy, I don't think. So I'm going to have to stick with being Acho and I'm captaining him. Um, yeah. I do. Leicester's run is, is really nice, though. Yeah, it, it is. And w- when we look at the wildcard team that I put together, not the wildcard team that I'm going to probably do, if I'm going to even do wildcard this week, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit more. But I, 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 I think Salah does have strong weeks for captaincy, certainly in the last three, 36, 37, 38. Up till then, I think Kane is, if Kane's got the same form he's got now, it's very brave not to captain Kane against Sheffield United at Leeds and Bruno at Leeds. I think 33 is the one where if I don't have Salah, that would be, I'd be really fearful. I'm not fearful of not having Salah against Villa necessarily, but mm. 
we'll we'll see that. I mean, the ownership, like you said, not it's not great. It's not enormous at the moment. I think it probably will be by thirty three when Salah plays Newcastle. Yeah. So that's yeah, what that's what I'm worried about. Um, let's look at the captain this week in a bit more detail. Um, so what I've, I'm doing this differently from now on. I'm breaking it down in in even more detail. I'm showing for the season data and I'm showing last four game weeks. And in both cases, Ian Acho is out in front for XGI non-penalty. <laughs> He's not going to be our captain, but it just shows you how much of a factor he is in our wildcards um, that he's, he's figuring so strong yep. for this data. Kane is right up there, as you would expect. Kane's not really been in the conversation for the captaincy. And so that Spurs-United game, would you ever consider going Bruno or Kane in that game? Or did you see United go in there, doing their usual, shut it down, it's going to be a nil-nil or low-scoring game? Yeah, I'm just not sure. That's the thing. I mean, look at the reverse fixture early in the season, one of the craziest games of the year. But I, I can't see a repeat of that happening and like I just don't know I mean they're both well United have been in Europe um, Shaw, Shaw went off at half time by the way I think he's he's, he's picked up an injury and he's Tonight. you know he's a big right. he's a big player for them this season just chances, chances created in the form he's got so he's, he's, he'll be a big miss if he's out and Spurs I, I just don't know I just don't know what, what what's going to happen I wouldn't I wouldn't be too surprised if if they they did manage to, to United did manage to shut him down he's you know, you, you can captain Kane in any week. It doesn't matter. He can, you know, he can get a penalty or, you know, he's, he's going for the golden boot. But I do think it's, this is the week to differentiate. And that's why I like Salah. Mm. No. no, fair enough. And, it, it, and it's difficult to find. I mean, I listened to Joe's... Oh, he's not injured, people are saying. He's got oh. books. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> that's good. Well, I listened to Scouts... Um, Ten United. <laughs> I listened to Scouts' um, Cats and See video this week and they just went through the candidates and, and there wasn't really anyone that they were sold on. And, it, and it's true. I look at this, I think mean, it's a very open decision. I Personally, if I had Salah, if I take Salah into the game, I probably would go him. If I had Sterling, he'd be the one I would go for. Of a pun. I think Sterling starts and you just don't know what you're going to get from that Leeds game because you think it's going to be open, but just don't know. Sterling though, again, isn't it? it? Even I if you had him, it. you couldn't do it. I, I couldn't have him. He's on my wall. He's lucky to be out the bin. He's done nothing since he came out of the bin to show that he's an option. Um, it was this time, it was around this time last season where he had, I can't remember who he played, it was one of the first games after lockdown. And he was like electric. He like had something about him that was like, and I was like, got to get him. No, he's like, he's not, he's a fringe player now. It's his, his it's been coming. <laughs> I can't, can't lie, you know, but him not starting in, in their most important game against Dortmund is, it's big, isn't it? You know, he's not even trusted in in that game. I think he will play against Leeds, but I just don't think he's 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 got it. So and he's difficult as well because you're you're, you're he's pricey, so you're having to get him in over Salah or Fernandez or Kane. Yeah, but like, I mean, the, the, those three are clear. This is what is odd because you're completely sold on Salah, and let you're saying Sterling isn't on it. And there isn't that much more evidence pointing to Salah being on it than Sterling, to be fair. If you look at... Well, at least Salah's Reece starting. Is there, no, is but, there a guarantee that Sterling's going to play? I, I think I think he's the most... I think he will. I think he's the most likely to start for City, isn't he? I mean, he hasn't started the last two. But I'm, I'm just saying that... I just find it interesting that 
I think if Sterling's you're 100% playing, certain that second highest scoring Star- player in the thing, it's Sterling's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get it. I'm just talking about the snapshot of this one week, Sterling versus Leeds, mm. Salah versus Villa. You look at Liverpool's home form, you look at Salah's recent form at home. Well, he scored one goal in his last eight home games, right? That's ridiculous. I know. Yeah, one one goal in his last six, or I think it is, right? Mm. So it's pretty bad, right? And that Sterling hasn't been pulling up trees or any part of the season. That's the difference. Salah has had flashes. Sterling hasn't really shown any sustained period where he's been a factor. But I think in a one-off match, as a punt, Sterling looks is is good. I think he's worth going for. Yeah. I- I, I won't argue, and I mean, you could you could always move him straight to Salah. Yeah, but that's week it. If yeah. you're wildcarding, because I, I am looking at doing something a little bit of a hokey cokey and and not starting with Son, and and just taking a bit of a punt on someone. They're moving him to Son next next All week. Right. So and you, you could do the same with Sterling in theory. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, that's interesting because I didn't think you were doing that, and that was the main area of my critique of your wildcard. We'll oh, really? Talk about that in a minute. Okay, uh, that's but good. Ju- just to back, <laughs> just to, just to back up. The, the situation with Leeds. Leeds, in terms of their defence over the season, if you look at the opponents for the captain candidates, defensively, they look the weakest, right? Minutes per XG conceded 47.8 over the season. That's even worse than Sheffield United on 57.3. But over the last four matches, Sheffield United are the weaker defence, 42.4. I think if Lacazette, if I thought Lacazette was starting, he's a decent punt as well, but just can't see it now. That's that's ruined. You're not going to go Aubameyang because of the price, and his form has been dreadful as well. I mean, it's this is what's so disappointing. We're playing our wild card at a time when De Bruyne is not certain to start. Aubameyang, we Aubameyang rather, we're not going to go near Sterling. You mm-hmm. mentioned. I mean, if we had choice, it would be easier to break from the template. But I don't think we have. This is why I'm finding it quite depressing when I look at the wild card at the moment. I want to try to do something different. And you'll see that I've put a team together to show what you possibly could do. But it's really difficult. And I, you know, even though Sheffield United's defence is the weakest on show, I don't think we've got an option to capitalise on that with the captaincy. No. Not with the not with the captaincy. You you're gonna laugh at my my two suggested players that I'm gonna go with instead of Son. Because one of them is an Arsenal player, and you haven't mentioned him. Um, we'll talk about him when we come to my team. Yeah. Okay. Because um, that, that Sheffield United game is obviously a, yeah. a, a, a one-week like game to target. And there is an Arsenal player who didn't play tonight, who yeah. I really like. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that would be nice to do. I just think Lacazette was the one I was looking at, and it's disappointing. When I saw him in the team at 7 o'clock, I went off and did some more wildcard teams. Um, because, you know, today... <laughs> The Antonio news and him starting has really kind of hampered our options there. So I think this is why Villa's defence over the last four, you can see it's ranked third in our table, 65.9 minutes per expected goal conceded. They haven't looked solid in recent weeks. Martinez has obviously got save points and has been the last line of defence, but I think they will give up chances to Liverpool. It's just whether Liverpool can be clinical and they haven't been the recent, um, other than the Arsenal game perhaps. So Villa do look like they're there for the taking. It's whether Liverpool can, can muster it. And it's whether or not you're willing to take a gamble on the City player over that. I think there's potential in that mm. Leeds game, but it's either Sterling or you're taking a risk. I, w- I, would, have, I would have genuinely gone for Mahrez if, um, <laughs> mm. if he hadn't played in the Champions League. 
and got the full 90. I think Mares was was my kind of player to target. Um, I think Luke's going for Ferran Torres. Wow. Which is, uh, well, again, he's quite quite wild. He'll start, I think. He could even start up front. I don't know. Who knows what Pep's going to do? But, but I think one of, I think Aguero will start. I think Jesus will be saved. I think Sterling will start. I do think Gundogan will start, but I'm not sure I'm willing to put a captaincy on it. The thing. Because he's the type of player who could come on and get 10 minutes to keep him sharp for the second leg against Dortmund. So very, very tough. So at the moment, I, I'm finding it hard to look beyond Salah or Jota if you don't have Salah. Jota would be the choice. Unless, unless of course, you can manufacture getting Sterling in your team. Who I, I think he's a really strong pump. Okay, let's have a look at your wildcard at last. We've left it to the end. <laughs> this is as it stands now, right? And my main criticism of it was that you didn't use the Son selection to take a risk. Because I've, I've looked at going Sterling and not having start Son and captaining Sterling. And I think that, I don't know if you've got the money to do that. You probably haven't with Salah and Fernandes. That's the thing. But it's interesting that you would say that's something you're looking at now. Because I, when I saw your team in the video, I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's strong, right? It's absolutely strong. And it looks like many I've seen, it looks like the one I put together. But I thought you would put one or two more risks in there. And I thought mm. the Son slot would be the one you would go to. So so what what are you thinking on that now? Well, to, to, me, to me, James Iadacho and, and Trent are all kind of my kind of differential guys. Like, you know, even in the chat today, people say, where's Diaz and all that? Well, I'm, I'm choosing Trent over Diaz because I think the attacking potential is is worth it um Iheanacho the stats is brought, I know a lot of people are going for him but his, his ownership is not going to be he's not going to be that high especially West Ham next as well which is which is quite a tough game I don't want to play him over Vidra Vidra what is I mean my if you told me it's not a season but the Iheanacho and Vidra would be my well I tell you what um, I, I watched the Green Arrow and Keenan Davis was in uh, Fergie's team and the whole chat just turned into anarchy Keenan at that point. Davis, so if wow. you can get away with Vidra, I think, I think he's a stronger yeah. pick than Davis. Yeah, I think he, I think he is. I mean, the, the next the next option for Vidra is, is Welbeck, mm. who's like 5.55 or 6, but the fixtures aren't as good. And I don't need him. That's a, I, I'm not looking to play him at any point. So, you know, I could even go down to like Brewster or someone. But I think Vidra at 4.8 is decent. I don't, I don't think Dyche is going to change the team up much between now and the end of the season, even when Barnes comes back. And Vidra's been doing well. So anyway, I'm not going to talk too much more about him. But yeah, I've, I've put Son in because Son is going to be, he is, to me, he is like the wildcard player. Like he is going to be, I'm going to leave, whoever I go for, there's going to be enough money in the bank to get Son in for next week. Mm. And I haven't quite decided who, who it's going to be. Um, the players I'm considering, this is a, this is a pretty poor list. So I'm still kind of considering Mares. Um, But he's, he's a gamble, but he's still kind of someone that I'm, I'm telling. It was Odegaard, obviously, who I was talking about earlier. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat he's injured and I just looked it up. I'll take it he's out for one to two games. So that's him out. I could go for Pepe, who came Oof. off the bench and scored today as a one-week punt. Um, that'd be exciting, wouldn't it? Go for Pepe. The player who I really like, though, who is almost certainly not going to play, um, but I think could do well, is Ziyech. At Palace. At Palace, who had a, I think he had a full rest um, in the in the Champions League, and I think he, I think he'll play in that game. So one week punt, 
it's you know, you know the li- this is the list I'm going like Mares Ziyech and and Pepe, but I am gonna I am gonna go for you know put it on someone so you can can rest happy. Yeah, I mean, my my mate, I made some several points here, right? Um, you didn't take any risks on City at all, and I think that I'm surprised you you didn't because I think that Leeds fixture has that potential to give you a, a bit of a, a push push on. I, I'm looking at that. If if I don't go Salah. I will definitely look to retain some City players for that Leeds fixture. And then obviously it gives you a problem for 33. That's the, that's the main issue, right? Um, you've gone Rudiger and Joe. You, you, had, you had Cody in before I saw your team here. That's so, my big change. Uh, that's fine. Cody's I mean, really I, I, I think that's strong. I mean, it's difficult to argue against that. The problem I've got is that I've got Alonso and Gundogan in my team at the moment. And so I'm wildcarding them out. And that's why I'm struggling to play the wild card because Alonso and Gundogan, I think, will probably play. And they're, I mean, Gundogan's the top scorer for City, and Alonso, we know mm. what he can do, and he's at Palace. So I d- didn't expect you to go for any of those two players, but I look at the wild card, and that's why I've got a problem with playing it because I'm losing players who could really hurt me. Whereas I guess your team, you didn't ever feel that way, and you don't. You don't see any no, danger. I, mean, I, had, I had, I, I'd built, I'd built my team with a load of random players because I knew I was going to walk. You dead ended. Right. I was never, yeah, dead end, exactly. I was never, it was never a, a question that I was going to try and target this. Uh, yeah. So no, the the and uh, to be fair, the wild card is, it. This hasn't taken me long <laughs> to get to this point. I know you've been kind of freaking out, but it's just kind of it's the easiest, probably the easiest wild card I've I've ever played. And you didn't. You didn't think to double up on Spurs, uh, treble up on Spurs, either. You haven't set because some people have set no. up with Reguilon, some people with Lloris. I just don't want to. Like, it's not even about whether I think it's the best option. I just don't want triple Spurs in my team. I don't like watching them them play. And like we talk about the psychology and stuff, but like, it's not that I hate Spurs. Everyone seems to think I do. I just don't like the way they play football very much. And I think Son and Kane snuff. Okay, going further down the rabbit hole. And the last criticism I had is you haven't really capitalised on the fixture swings. A lot of people have talked about, this is the time to play at 31, there's big fixture swings. Liverpool is obviously the big one, mm. but Wolves and Leicester, you've got Iheanacho and that's it. So you haven't really gone in on those two either. And I think there's opportunities there. You've got to take a risk on Leicester and Wolves delivering over the fixtures. And you mentioned they've both got good fixtures, but obviously you haven't gone a Wolves player and you haven't gone bigger on Leicester other than an Nacho. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just quickly read out the team because I just remember we, we read it out. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's, the, my wildcard team is Martinez and Goal and Forster, Feltman, Rudiger, James, Alexander-Arnold, Soufal, Salah, Son, Lingard, Fernandez, Jota, Vidra, Nacho, and Kane. Uh, for anyone asking, there's no other chips available, no bench boost, no, no. triple captain, anything like that, um, which is which is Okay. Um, I mean, I had Cody in over Rudiger, and then I thought, "What am I doing?" <laughs> Cody versus Rudiger, like, come on! There's no, there's no. I don't care how good the fixtures are for Wolves. Rudiger is going to outscore Cody between now and the end of the season. I would bet some cash on it. Not all my cash, some cash. Um, I could do Martinez to Patricio, which is what I was thinking of, which covers that kind of really good run for Wolves, um, which which I'm tempted to do. And I'm looking at doing Son to Madison um, after the after the double, right? 
So I'd have my three Liverpool, I'd have two Leicester, and then I'd have Wolves. So I'd have seven of my players targeting that fixture one. Mm. So I think that's... No, it's fun. It's just... And, and, you, and you need Son and Kane, right? Because... Yeah, I know. I, it's just interesting because I've, I've a lot of people in the community are going, well, 31 to time to play it because of the fixture swings. And then when I look at all the teams, so the only team that they've jumped on is mm. Liverpool. They haven't really jumped on any Nacho. They haven't really gone big on Leicester or Wolves. And I totally understand why. But I just think there is an opportunity there if you're willing to risk it. And not many managers have, it seems. We'll see what happens when the deadline passes. So I set up a team. Basically what happened was I made a wildcard team. I watched your video. I'm like, bloody hell, Az has more or less picked my wildcard team. So I can't go on. <laughs> I can't go on black box with the same team. Because I, I even had Vidra as well because he's, he's the best enabler, right? So we come to... And, you know, if you go Salah, Fernandez, Jota, I'm going to hold on to Jesse and you need Son. So my, my midfield was exactly the same as well. My defence was slightly different, but mainly it was very, very similar. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll try and build a team which is the antithesis of what you've done. I will take a nice. risk. I will take a risk on City. I will go a bit of Wolves. I will go heavier on Leicester. Can I stop you just before go you go on. on to the next screen? Yeah. Because we've got 2,400 people watching live right now, which I think is the most we've ever had. Yeah, since the, since the last wildcard drunken stream, it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that's massive. So thank you, everyone, for, for watching. Like the stream, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, yeah, that's a, 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 I just looked down. I was like, 2,400 people crazy. watching. crazy. Yeah, amazing. It, yeah, is, it awesome. is good to see you all here. Um, what I'm going to show you is a wildcard team. Probably isn't the wildcard team I'm going to do. And as is going to pick it apart, but it kind of represents the kind of the points that I've raised there and some of the points I've raised earlier in the show. Um, so that's my team now. And you can see the problem I've got in that I've got Alonso, Gundawan. It's a strong team, right? Without wildcard, yeah, and that's a strong is. team. I'm banking on Dina and Calvert Lewin at Brighton. Creswell at home to Leicester probably won't do much. Will Diaz play? You could get rotated. So I will have to probably call on Mathena at least one from the bench. But it's not a bad team. Pope in goal. I've even got a goalkeeper that looks good. So you can see why I'm hesitant to play the wild card. But I look at 32 and my team's pretty weak for that. Um, we'll show that in a bit. But if I did play the wild card, so putting together a team that was kind of using some of the things I've said tonight, it was going to look like this. So I've also got James, but I've kept Alonso in there and I've kept Gundogan in there because they're two players that I fear getting rid of, right? So as a result, I'll try and keep them in. I've got the two Chelsea defenders. I've got Alexander-Arnold. I love Chelsea I, I love Trent. Yeah, two Chelsea winbacks. Because like you, I think Alonso I can cope with. I've, I've got a Holden or Masuaka to come off the bench, but I'll show you the plan that I've done. But... And also, Alonso will play every other game, I think. And while Chelsea remain in Europe, it could work out that he actually plays the majority of league games because Chilwell is playing European games and FA Cup. We'll see. And then I've not got Salah, and I've gone Sterling for the one-week punt to captain him. He becomes Son next. And then I'll see from game week 33 what I'll do about Salah. I've gone Neto in there with Lingard gone because Antonio's, I think, going to be a factor. So I've maybe got, just gone, well, I'm going to go against the grain. And I've gone Vardy and Iheanacho. I've gone, that's where the Salah money's gone. But I agree with you. This team doesn't look strong enough 
to justify not having Salah. I've got issues because I've got issues with mm. this team. Um, I'm sure, yeah. Double I Arsenal as well. defense yeah. stands out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> straight away. I think Alonso James as well is is that is massively risky. It is, yeah. Because you know you've got double Chelsea defenders, but neither of them could play in the games. You're not tapping into it at all. At least with Rudiger there, it's just a kind of safer like play. Neto is someone that I kind of always thought that I would have for this fixture mm. run. I just, what is the best case scenario from Neto in a game? I just can't see him getting more than a goal, if that. And like midfield is this, there is some good options in midfield still, which is why I haven't really considered him. And Vardy, Vardy is Vardy is the one. I think Vardy could, you know, do well. But you know, we've been talking about stats. We've been talking about all of that. There's no indication to me that he's going to be worth that, mm. that money. But I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I do like it. it it's uh, exactly what you said. I don't think there's. It's not good enough. No, and and I've deliberately tried to do go against some of the things I said. Like so, I go right. I'm not going to have Salah. Jota will be enough, right? Because I I don't necessarily think we can just go. Salah's going to be the player he was last season or the season before, and I'm losing Gundogan, who is City's top scorer, and they've got leads at home, right? So, mm. and I'll take a punt on Sterling. I'll make him the captain and hope he has one of those games. He hasn't had many of. Them, let's face it, but you just. But so this is me trying to push it. Me trying to go right. If I was going to try and go for differentials and really push the wild card, this is what I go for. And I wanted to put it together to go. Do I love it? Not really. And this is the 11 that I would play. This is the plan that I would have right, over the, the game week. So I'd play this 11, Leno, Alexander-Arnold, Alonso, James, Neto, Bruno, Sterling, Gundogan, Jota, Kane, Vardy. That, that 11 looks strong, right? But that, that 11's in rate my team is only predicted to get four more points than my current team. Right. So yeah. it's not a massive jump. And then, yeah, the plan looks good. I'd go Sterling to Son, then in 33, Gundogan to Rafina. I wouldn't need Masuaku and holding off the bench unless, of course, Alonso gets rotated, which is a very real threat. But actually, holding and Masuaku aren't disastrous for the games where I see that being a threat. So I think I could get away with that. And then no transfer in 34, two transfers in 35 with the double game weeks. But I just, I don't love it. I don't, I don't, I thought I could put together a plan without Salah that I would go, yes, that's why you don't need Salah. But I don't think you can. Yeah. It's not easy at all. I don't think you need to. No, I'm not this saying... Is, this, is the point. this is the point I'm trying to make. I don't think we need to be thinking like, like we, we need to go against what everyone else is doing on that. Because I think Salah is... He, he, he could easily be the highest scoring player between now and the end of the season. Yeah. He, he, he could be, but I just think it's interesting that we are willing for a player like Salah, and he is, you know, along with Bruno, the best heavy hitter, I would say, most consistent in previous seasons. Bruno's only had one season. It sounds odd to say that. He is <laughs> someone that we forgive quickly, right? Of course. But, mm. you know, everything points to the fact that we have made up our minds on Salah a bit too quickly, I think. Fine, if he bangs against Villa, then I'd have to get him in if I didn't have him this week. And if I don't play the wild card, I won't have Sturt Salah. I can't get him. Right, unless I get rid of Bruno, which is an option, but then he's got Bernie in 32 mm. and he could do something. I mean, the Spurs defence, you know, it's not great. So it's very, very tricky. So I think my point is that it's hard to be different with his wild card in this game week. 
And I don't know if it's going to get any easier. I don't know. If I don't play it this week, if I play it in 32 or I play it in 33, and a lot of people are, and there are some advantages for that. You know, if you play it in 33, by then we might know what the double game week 35 situation is. We'll know what teams are playing twice and you can use the wild card to load up. And if you've got the free hit or the bench boost, rather, if you've got the bench boost, that's mm. a good tap, right? But we have, if you've got the bench boost, play it nearest you can to your bench boost game week. That makes sense. So 33 and bench boost or 34 and bench boost in 35 yep. with the doubles makes sense. We haven't got that. So for me, I don't know where there's going to be a better game week to play it. I don't know if I've got much to gain by leaving it to 32, 33 or 34. No, because I mean, you know, you could play in 33 and be like, oh, I'm going to dump all my Spurs players. Maybe if you had three, I mean, you're not going to dump Kane. So if you've just got Son and Kane, you could do it and spread the Son money around a bit. Maybe if you've got Regulon as well. But then I think with Spurs, they go straight into that Sheffield United game afterwards. So it could be a little bit, you know, oh, I'll get rid of a lot of them. And then it's like, oh, actually, no, I want them. I want them kind of straight, straight back in. The only thing is, I mean, I think I am definitely put off Leicester this week because they've got that West Ham game. Mm. You know, if you're wildcarding next week and you're looking at Vardy and you're looking at Madison, you're looking at their defence, Fafana, Castagna, these guys, Schmeichel, even in goal, they might be more tempting next week rather than this week. So that you can, you know, so that you can you can do it then. Because I mean, like you might want to keep like Gundogan, for example, against Leeds, but then next week you want to get Madison in instead. And he's had an extra game when it, when he's when he's hopefully fit again. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is the week personally. So, so do you understand though why I'm worried about getting rid of Gundogan and Alonso? Because they're such explosive players. And I think they will start, both of them. And I don't think I can build a wild card with them in without making... I mean, mm. Alonso is so expensive. So I'm going to have to brave it and go, okay. But I mean, like, you know, General played his wild card last week and I think that was a really brave move to do it. And he had a nightmare because he sold Salah and he benched Jota. So he hasn't got Salah. And, you know, he was unlucky with it. He went free Chelsea. But that makes me nervous. I mean, I'm... My point is playing the wildcard, making this many changes when, you know, we're having a decent run of green arrows. It's really difficult to rip your team up and go, right. I mean, you haven't so got confident. to wildcard to this. Mess. No, no, I'm not going to, <laughs> but even wildcard into your team, right? Which mine was very similar. And I think your midfield five and your front three, it's very difficult to go against that. I think it makes a lot of sense, right? So I think when our wildcard, with Salah, my team's going to look very similar to yours. I really do. I, I just think I'm still losing some players in my, in my 11, which I fear. You know, I'm losing Gundogan. I'm losing Alonso. I, I don't fear so much Calvert-Lewin and Dina. But, you know, I think it's a difficult situation for me because I think it's, the last thing you want is to wildcard and get a lower score than your 11 would have got, which is what happened to General. And could easily happen to me. Obviously, your situation, you felt much more confident. You went straight to it, bang, done. I'm really wavering, though. And if I could pick something different, I'd go for it, but I can't. I think your issue is, is that your the two players, the two weakest players in your squad don't map up to the two players that you would probably want this week. In terms of you're not going to be able to move Dean to um, Trent and Calvert-Lewin you're not going to be able to move him to Salah. No. It's expensive in, in a different position. 
So Dean and Calvert-Lewin are by far, your, every other player in your team is fine, except for those two really. But I don't really know what you can do with, no, like you can I mean, do Dean to James and that would put it closer to that wildcard team, but he's not who you mm. really want, who you really, really want. No, and I, I, I think I can afford Dina to Trent. And I can afford Rafina to Jota. Can you? Yeah. No, Dean to Trent surely is, is... Yeah, but then I'm not going in with Salah, am I? And I'm not going in with Jota. So they could do me a lot of damage, right? Well, so, you spent the whole podcast talking about how we don't I know, I know. I know. I don't, I don't necessarily <laughs> think you do. Now but, I see why. Now I see why you've been saying that all But all, it, it, all it's, night. it's really tricky. When you know that there's a great deal of managers going into next game week with Salah, Jota and Trent, and I don't, I'm obviously going to fear that. Right, because Salah's going to be captained by a lot of wildcard teams. I think it makes perfect sense. So it's obviously playing on my mind as well. And as I've shown you, I don't think you can build a wildcard team that's very different to that very easily. Because our the thing is, every, every week you leave it, you potentially gain less from yeah, exactly. the wildcard as yeah. well. So yeah, I think I'm going to have to I, bite I, the bullet. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky with your team because, like I said, the only two players there that I would want rid of are, are Dean and Cavalouin. But then you could also lose all three of your. You'd basically be losing all your Leeds players and then Dean and Cavalouin, and you could even make a case of keeping like the rest. Mm. Um, if I if I could do Dean to, to Trent, I'd probably just do that in your situation. Right. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I'm hovering over the button. I haven't pressed it yet. I've got tomorrow to decide. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's, it's, and it was an interesting experiment to try and build something markedly different to your team and to the mm. many teams out there. And I think I proved it's a very difficult situation. I don't think you can do it easily. I don't think there's enough options mm. unless you're really, really brave. And you're you're looking at Bamiyang and Sterling and stuff like that. I just don't I don't see many doing that. So, in short, I think your wild card is good. I'm just disappointed that you <laughs> and any of us couldn't be more. Adventurous with it, but I, I understand. So when I stick it. Pepe in, does that mean you're? But if you do I'm, that, um, you you will redeem yourself. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't think you can you. That would be extraordinary. Uh, let's have a quick look at the black box league before we go, because Connor's probably in the audience still, and he's second, sixty fourth in the world, Connor Richardson. But he's trading Nathan Joblin, who's still out in front, nineteenth in the world. Um, Luka Bobnik, who was top, has dropped down to 283. He's had a very bad run. 37 points in the game week. I don't know mm. what happened there. Um, he obviously didn't captain Kane either. He probably followed me. Hopefully he didn't take any advice from me. Um, so, yeah, hanging in there. Nathan Joblin still in with a chance. It'd be interesting to see how many of these managers are wildcarding. Join our league. It, the code at the bottom there, V8TX2P. Um, join our league and hopefully, um, you know, we'll see you popping in to the uh, top 20 here. Now, next week, as we've got an announcement, haven't we? Because we're going to announce you know what. Oh, we're doing it next week. Mm. Mm, exciting. So that's a big deal. I think I've got, I've actually got two announcements coming next week that are quite big. Um, do one, I know the other one? Uh, maybe. Maybe you do. Yeah. But uh, well, I won't be announcing the other one on this show, but I've got two things going on next week. But we've got, yeah, a, a, a new feature we're going to be doing in the off-season, haven't we, Has And we've been teasing it a bit, but we're going to talk a bit about it um, next week, I think. I think we agree, once the wild cards are out of the way, bearing in mind, I probably will have to play We're going to need a graphic for it. We're going to need some, I know. some marketing budget behind it, I think. We are, aren't we? Some some graphic muscle of some kind. But I'll, I'll see if I can work something up. But we'll talk about it next week anyway. We'll introduce the concept because we've been itching to share it with you and um, hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun 
in the off season and going into next season as well. For now, though, we've still got two and a bit thousand viewers. We want to do the smash and like message all over again, as. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, only 100 people have left and it seems to be over. So, th- yeah, this is, this is the most we've ever had watching live. Again, only 364 likes, 368 likes now. Hit that like button, hit it right now. Obviously hit subscribe if you haven't hit subscribe um, already. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for, for watching uh, and hopefully my wild card will be all right. And be fine. I don't know what Mark's going to do. He's, I, I don't think you'll do it. That's my, that's my You don't think I will? Feeling. No. It's, it's very, it's very <laughs> my desktop is just covered in screenshots of teams and I, I don't, I really don't know. Uh, I'm going to just do it looking. to get it out of the way then. Well, that, that's part of me wants to just put it, myself, yeah, get it out of the way, get it done. But anyway, we'll see. Um, the chat thinks you will. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm still 70, 30, 60, 40. But yeah. So we're going to do a quick Q&A after the show, aren't we? But we're going to do it in a we are yeah we, we've show. had we've had complaints that the um that the streams are, are three hours, but like last week the the Q and A was an hour and so it added on to two hours. But so we're gonna we're gonna close this stream. We're gonna start a new channel up, new channel, new what they called new thing, new video, new yeah, video, new video. That's it. So if you're subscribed, you'll get a notification. So another incentive to subscribe. Um, we'll do the Q and A. I am knackered, so it's not we won't do a long one, but be good to answer some questions. Um, about that. So yeah, thank you everyone for watching and good night. See you next week. Podcast Network.